Hey, this is Chris Barnes from Six Feet Under. You're listening to Corey Gorechrist and Dr. Vincent West on the Phantasm Podcast. What the fuck is up? And welcome to the Phantasm Podcast. I am Corey Gorechrist. With me, Dr. Vincent West. Hey, 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 hey. What a treat we have for you guys today. God damn it. Probably best episode we've done. This is amazing. We got Chris Barnes on the show from Six Feet Under. You can get Torment from Metal Blade Records. It comes out February 24th. And, uh, well, what what movie we got for him today, Doctor? Uh, Slaughterhouse. From my childhood. This little piggy went to the market. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy had roast beef. This little piggy had none. And this little pig ran wee, wee, wee all the way home. <laughs> Slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse. Rated R. And it's from a Vinegar Syndrome, and it comes out February 28th. Uh, There's a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah, you can go to Vinegar Syndrome, you can go to DiabolicDVD.com and pre-order that copy. A lot of stuff is out of stock right now on uh, Diabolic DVD. If you guys are frequent shoppers of that website, you'll know. Uh, Wishmaster's gone already. A lot of stuff that you need to pre-order right now, uh, Vestron or Arrow is the gone. The thing is that the, so that stuff's not It's limited, very limited on, on that site is what I'm saying. No, but Wishmaster's so, not limited. No, no. Not. Wishmaster you can get, but I'm saying on the Diabolic site, they only have so many copies. See, I got, I wanted, well, I got fucked by them. Did you? Yes, with the Beyond. Oh, yeah. They completely butt-fucked me on it, and then I walked in Hastings, and there it was. Right. Of course, rest in peace, Hastings, whatever, but... <laughs> um, a local local chain we had over here for a while in Florida, so... But, yeah. Well, they, they were national. Yeah. But, but yeah, the whole thing went up. So. But, yeah, I love this movie, and you were kind enough to get me a copy of it, and I can't thank you enough to throw into the vault, because I... This is one I I just really like this movie. It's just fucking fun. And, and I had to get it for myself too, of course. We actually watched it. Movie, so we did, um, and we tried to do this episode, and it <laughs> didn't we, happen. We were a little out of it, and it didn't work. And we it wanted was one of those things where uh, needed a, needed a second view. Um, the movie's fucking awesome. Uh, normally, what we've been doing lately on this show is we've gone over the list of. Uh, Movies and or album releases that came out the year that this movie came out uh, that we're reviewing. So with this one, 
1987, so hopefully the doctor is still enthused with this. We'll go ahead and do the music yeah, album list from 1987. One second. Which, the last one we did was 1987 was Blood Rage on the Matty Way episode, which you guys haven't heard that yet. It is up right now on our SoundCloud page and our YouTube page as well, slash Phantasm Podcast. So if you guys aren't up to date on our episodes, please go check out the Matty Way Pathology episode. It's awesome. Blood Rage is one of the best movies I own in my personal collection and in the Doctor's collection because he owns as well the three-disc limited. So uh, it's a great fucking movie. Arrow knocked it out of the park. You can get the two-disc version now. Uh, the three-disc, it was limited, and there you can probably still get some copies. You're going to pay a little bit more on eBay and or uh, I think Diabolic still has some available on their website. Uh, but um, <clears throat> yeah, so there's a two-disc limited of Blood Rage now on Arrow, and you can pick it up there. And they don't have the version, unfortunately, that we reviewed, which is the home video version. Um, that was the part of the limited release that is different from the two-disc release, is that the home video version that we reviewed... Actually, I think that is the only version that is on there, is the home release, because we did that specifically so that if you guys bought the two-disc release you can watch the same version we reviewed. So yeah, that is on there. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> but there's, like a, I think, two other versions that are not on the two-disc release. So whatever. Blood Rage, no matter how you watch it, go watch it. It's awesome. Uh, that was our last 87 release. So you'll probably hear, if you've listened to that episode, similar things we are... Uh, I'm going to try to listen different. I'm going to try to listen some different stuff. Uh, There's so much good stuff from 87. Uh, Tigers so. of Pantang, Burning in the Shade, which is... Uh, they're new wave of British heavy metal. That band doesn't get any credit. They're actually awesome. It's where John Sykes came from that was eventually in uh, Thin Lizzy. Right. And uh, Whitesnake, actually. A bunch of bands that he played. Blue Murder, a bunch of bands that he was in. Awesome. Uh, Lion, which... <laughs> Lion Dangerous Attraction, and, which is which is uh, go ahead and play that um, clip if you got it. I do. When I had the funny story, when I had went to the uh, <clears throat> me and Miss Gorechrist when we went to the Days of the Dead Atlanta convention, um, which was very fun. We went there for like a night, and that was kind of if guys if, if you want to go to a horror movie convention, go there for the whole weekend. Uh, going there for one night kind of sucks. Um, Vendors closed really early. That was disappointing. But uh, they had like an 80s slasher prom thing. And at one point in the background, because the doctor plays this so much on the show that it's fucking hysterical at this point. No, you're right. Uh, Friday the 13th part. Uh, it's four. Part four, the final chapter. It's my favorite. Uh, with Crispin Glover, there's a part where he dances to this lion song. And uh, when we went to the slasher prom... <clears throat> they were playing all these clips from 80s horror films in the background on the on the projector during the the stage shows and they had this scene from Friday Part 4 where Crispin Glover is doing this outrageous fucking dance to this fucking lion song trying to hook up with this chick in the cabin and I had filmed it to show the doctor when I got home and he was equally as satisfied to see that so <coughs> of course, this is eternally his ringtone forever until until the doctor kills over. If he does, I'm pretty sure he's immortal. But that's not. Hold on one second. I'm having some issues with this. <laughs> it's that fucking lion song from that film. It's, it's so funny. Here we go. 
Oh, so before we get into the 87 albums, this has everything to do with 87 records. Uh, Joseph Zito. Of course, that's the intro to Final Chapter, but... Oh! If we're talking about Slaughterhouse and you guys are following along, we're at uh, 6 minutes 53 seconds... Uh, Buddy has already claimed a victim with that giant cleaver he has. It's like a Final Fantasy size so cleaver, and he just took out half this dude's face. It's really gory. It's a really good scene. And here's another nice little uh, window splatter scene uh, in this little jank ass bus. <coughs> But anyway, so the the Lion record, which did not actually have that song on it, but it doesn't matter. Right. I just I had to mention that just because they did that fucking it's soundtrack. hysterical. They were actually a soundtrack band. They did soundtracks for all these different uh, horror and '80s movies because they they did some actually stuff other movies that I love. But uh, I'm just going to kind of skip through this pretty quick. So anyway, Tigers of Pantang, Burning in the Shade, uh, Possessed, the Eyes of Horror EP, awesome. Um, Lion, Dangerous Attraction, <clears throat> which we just did. There you go. Um, Voivod Killing Technology. Um, I'm not a big fan of Voivod, but I thought I'd mention that just as a... I'm trying to do something different with this tonight. Uh, Necro Death, Into the Macabre. Uh, King Diamond Abigail. Oh, man. Um, Sadly, Carnivore Retaliation. I don't think we, and that's, is that the Pete Steele record? Yeah. That oh. was his first band, yeah. Man. Um, Udo's Animal House, after right after he'd left a set. Wasp Live in the Raw, which has the... The, the title cut from the Ghoulies uh, 2 movie. Awesome. That Screaming Till You Like It song. Hell yeah. Uh, Priest Live, which is one of the best live albums I've ever heard in my life. Uh, DRI Crossover. Of course. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne Tribute, Randy Rhodes Tribute. Motorhead Rock and Roll. Mm. Uh, the original Garage Days EP from Metallica. Uh, Kiss Crazy Nights. Exodus Pleasures of the Flesh. And uh, Docking Back for the Attack. Of course. Uh, Napalm Death Scum, which I don't actually, I don't really care for Lee Dorian. Right. Napalm Death, but uh, whatever. Uh, Battery Under the Sun of the Black. Uh, Celtic Frost Into the Pandemonium, Overkill Taking Over. And that's your favorite Celtic Frost. Into the Pandemonium is my favorite yeah. Celtic Frost, which people make. Oh, it's awesome. I don't that's care. a great record. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to end it with, uh, there's some other stuff, but I'm just going to cut this short. Uh, Death Scream Bloody Gore, because that's, there you go. Guys, if if you want to, re- this this scene, if you've never seen Slaughterhouse, this is an actual. These are real pigs in this scene. It's disgusting. It is gross, but I mean, it's Slaughterhouse. I'm sure they filmed an actual Slaughterhouse doing their thing, and it's very gross. And I couldn't is, do that. This, I I knew a guy that actually worked in a. Slaughterhouse this is why a lot of people kid. don't like this movie. Is because of the opening scene it's with disturbing. the real Slaughterhouse of the pigs getting slaughtered. It's the, I mean, the it's uh, faces of death. The, yeah. The slaughterhouse scene—it's—it's oh. it's too much. But this is real. It is pigs getting gutted. It's—it's it's gross. But this is a real slaughterhouse in, in action. I guess. I think it takes a certain um, type of human being that can actually. Do. I respect people. It's like a surgeon. I, it's something I couldn't do. I can watch it, but I can never do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's the Gore Christ. You know, I could totally watch it all day, but to do I mean, it to get paid to takes do that a whole for other living, person. It's, to yeah. Do it's, I respect when we eat it. You know, I mean, I can, I'm not judging anybody. It's just sure. something I don't think I could do. And I could see where somebody would become vegetarian. Yeah, if I'm Jewish. I really shouldn't eat this, but sometimes the gore, yeah, that's the right. gore is that's just so thing, good. The you thing know. you have to. Yeah. Um, if you guys have never seen Slaughterhouse, this is a staple in, in in video store horror because I remember when I would first go pick out VHSs to rent 
uh, you know, at the video, the local video store. Uh, horror movies were always on the top of my list because, as death metal albums were when I first got into death metal, I loved the album covers. So I loved the video covers of horror movies because they were like, "Ooh, this looks interesting." So when this came, you know, when this was sitting there in the video store, this is one of the first things I would always want to rent and. My mom, being who she was, was like, oh, you don't need to watch this movie. This is too much. But, you know... So you watched this as a kid. Yeah, of course I did. Because sitting there sitting there on HBO and Cinemax and stuff when I was a kid, having all the access I could ever have to horror films or what have you, uh, movies like this wouldn't really come on until like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. So I would stay up all night and find this shit. But, you know, the video store, I can just be like, oh, this is, you know, this isn't bad. Just rent it. And... Basically, my mom would rent it for herself and then tell me I couldn't watch it. And then we had a VHS player in the living room, so I would just take it and watch it while she was asleep or when she was at work. So it's one of those things you have to do to uh, appreciate you know, art as, as young as you possibly can. So um, this is just one of those those late-night films where you kind of had to sneak around in order to watch it. This and People Under the Stairs, which I still to this day never understood why parents just had a big dilemma about that movie. Because it's not even really that disturbing. It's just weird. It's actually you know? not even that good. As much yeah, as it's, it's really it's not. It's not Craven. It's just no, a, it's it's really, really that good of a movie. It's really not. It's just weird. It's a weird film. <coughs> it's not something where it's like, you're going to have nightmares. It's like, well... It's the same thing as drinking. I don't care what happens the next day as long as I get to do it. You know, I don't. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh, I don't. I'm gonna worry about what's happening to me tomorrow. I'm just gonna watch this horror film. I'm either gonna like it or I'm not. Well, you know. Uh, so, for those of you that have never seen this, this was a staple of, you know, uh, video store horror. This was a movie where it's like, oh, it's called Slaughterhouse. Of course, I'm gonna rent this movie and see how. I it wonder is. if they restored this reel to reels. How they did this? Right. I know it's a 2K remaster from Vinegar Syndrome. Very nice looking. This is beautiful. Because like I figured the price really tag on this would have been a lot more. One of the one of the better uh, Vinegar Syndrome releases that I've seen. I've only seen a few Vinegar Syndrome releases, but this one is the is one of the best I've seen. It, it looks great. Well, I told you the only one, and I own it. And I think it's just probably because of print damage and everything else, and it just didn't translate to the high definition format. Was Madman right? And I love that movie. Madman's a great movie, but it's I don't know. But for a synopsis for you guys... That it's more like a negative 4K sure. master. If you guys have never seen this, I'm reading this from IMDb, the uh, synopsis. It says, Lester Bacon is an old farmer living with his beloved simple-minded son, Buddy, <laughs> which is a 360-pound pig man who grunts and squeals and loves to chop, dice, and skewer human beings. Both of them lament the fate of the old-skilled hog farmer... Now giving way to modern factory-type slaughterhouses, the father and son then go on a killing spree against people who trespass on their property. So, I mean, it's that's, pretty cut and dry. That's the general plot line. It came out August uh, 1987. Right, right after my birthday. Sure, yeah. Well, when the doctor was made, you know, uh, not necessarily a birth, but... No, no, but but I meant the the August is my if anybody's wondering, it really is my real birthday. This is crazy. Um, in nineteen eighty eight, the director Rick Rosler, I hope I'm saying that right, Rick. Sorry, uh, created Slaughterhouse Two, 
an unproduced sequel that never got past the script and was never released. <clears throat> so they totally made a sequel to this film, and it never happened. And Rick just messaged me. He said, you got my name wrong, fucker. Yeah. So I just want to let Corey know that. The film received an unfavorable <laughs> review from the Washington... I either. The film received an unfavorable review from the Washington Post, which I'm trying to find you guys right now. Um... Is there an Ebert Roper trashing of this film? Because that would those are all we haven't done one of those in a while. We should see if there's a trashing of this. I'm gonna find that. The last one we did was the Tobias episode of uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. So that was the last time we ever did a Robert Roper, whatever fuck his name is. Thing. Can I can I say something real quick? I hope it's okay if, if Corey, I do this. Corey, they're making a Captain Underpants movie. Are they really? Sorry, I forgot you were recording. No, yeah. that's they yeah. are finally. Yo, guys, this is this goes to all you gore fiends out there. They're making a Captain Underpants movie. June, is it an animated film? June 2nd. Animated? It looks like it. I was going to say, if it's live action, that's horrific. and I, That's <laughs> worse than any horror movie I'll ever watch. I want to actually take a second, because I haven't done this, and I'm not really sure where <laughs> this is coming from, but I, I want to actually do this. Hey, I want to say... Uh, Hello to everybody out there that's liked the page recently. Hello. Thank yeah, you. Thank you guys. It's fucking amazing. Look, it's blown up. My phone's blown up. It's that's awesome. Thank you guys. That's uh, nobody believed in us, so we're we're making this actually happen. And it's and that's it's, uh, that that goes out to everyone around the world. Um, yeah, thank you, you know. especially our the European folks, everybody. But thank you for your interest in us. We're trying to do something that we realize the most oh, people man. in North America have taken a dump on good music, but you know, I'm not going to, you know, well, as we are, Corey's not going to, as, as we are with we, our we provide fellow, something for you. That's hopefully it's entertaining but. with our fellow death metal musicians who we love and we're fans of to this day and our indie and, uh, you know, horror filmmaker, uh, greats that, that we love and we praise on here. Um, we want to stand together and keep this in art form, so it's nice to be able to give back to the community as fans to fans and tell them thank you and check out these releases from these artists and from you know these companies that are going out of their way to make these 2K and or 4K remasters happen. It's fucking awesome. There's a resurgence of horror and death metal these days. And I feel. I like, mean, whatever gets people you know, here. If you just like the death metal, or you just like the horror, then then hey, thank you. That's all do, I'm saying. We I do just, this as fans for fans, and and to give back to the community and to the people that made this possible. So I did that 19 hours ago, and it's blown up. It's awesome. You're saying the album of the month. That's my album. My album. My album of the month is 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 from uh, Cranial Engorgement. Awesome. I've reached out to those guys. So if you guys happen to see that I shared this or anything, we'd like to have you on if you want to come on. They're from California. Cranial but, Engorgement. What, what, do you, uh, what could you not like about that? Let me see the artwork. God damn. It's somebody we know. It's I just like it's, a... It's Seagrave or something. It's somebody that they had to... I forget who it looks did like this, a, It looks like Par uh, Olofsson. I think that's actually... That did the pathology artwork. He's done the face. All I know is this is ridiculous. Uh, and the, several other... And actually, if, if, if you don't mind, I'll actually play a track here off sure. my album of the month for... Actually, I can probably plug it on here, just adding the actual track on here. Well, I'll play just a second of it for sure. you if you want to cut hey, it Hey, if out. we can do the Crispin Glover, you know, over the phone, you can do others. Well, I'll say at this point, even now, um, we're in 18 minutes, 7 seconds. Uh, of course, the dad is arguing with uh, Buddy. I guess it's Lester Bacon as the father, but the uh, Buddy is looking through the little glass there at the people trying to 
buy their slaughterhouse out. And uh, the the print looks really good. I mean, it still looks kind of dated, but I, mean, it's I think old, it's supposed it looks to really look that good. way. It, it, they they cleared it up just enough to where it doesn't look too too old, but the it just looks great. This record comes out. Uh, you can pick your copy up off Amazon. You can get it on uh, Friday. Okay. Uh, I'm really excited about this. And when I heard this, I was like, I mean, this so is so. By the time you hear this on Friday, have on you never the 24th, heard fourth? This will be out. Have you heard this? Because this is. These guys are great. They have they have an EP, and this is their first record. Right. And this is a song called Horrific Existence. And so I'm, this is February 10th, so by the time you hear this, this will be available to you guys. This Friday? Right? What is this? I'm playing the wrong thing. Sorry. Give me a second. So, Cranial Engorgement, you can pre-order your copy of Torment by Six Feet Under right now. That comes out the 24th. This is out... Drumming on this is fucking ridiculous. Right. Well, anyway, if, if you guys engorgement, if you guys need a chainsaw to the vagina or a screwdriver to the eardrum, there you go. Cranial engorgement comes out while you're hearing this. It's out today, so go pick up your copy. Amazon seems to be the easiest place to get it. And uh, I have found this. If you want it digitally, I'm sure iTunes you can get it. But. Back to the film. Um, now that you got your your death metal cunts uh, stuffed. Uh, we got. I found the Washington Post review of this film, Slaughterhouse, from 1987. This is from September 12th. Of course, the film came out August 28th, I want to say, of 1987. 7th. So this is August September. 27th, I thought you said. I think it's 28th. Either way, August, late August. Whatever. Yeah. And this came out September 12th, 1987. This is from a Richard Harrigan. Which is a Washington Post staff writer. I will read. Is Washington Post is that is that D.C. or is that Washington State? I think it's Washington State. Sorry, I just I didn't know. I, I could be wrong. I'm going to check. I always that. wanted to know that. I'm going to check that afterward, depending on how much I hate this guy. So here we go. Cool. Uh, this is the full post here. Less bacon, which is Lester Bacon. So he's already referring to him as Less Bacon, which is really dumb. So here we go. Less bacon yearns for the good old days of skilled craftsmen and sharp knives. The heck with today's automated slaughterhouse, he tells creditors pressing him to sell his dilapidated factory. He's always been a hands-on sort of guy and one with a conscience to boot. I'd never allow 30% fat clogging up all those young people's arteries. Which is what he just said in the film, so if you guys are following along at uh, 21 minutes 49 seconds. It was a little bit past... We're a little bit past that now, but this is we're kind of in the same realm of, of where this interview, you know, this uh, review is. So, of course, Les's son Buddy is soon severing many of those same arteries with a cleaver. That's that's pretty good writing, and not just a cleaver, but major league cleaver. Les doesn't get mad when Buddy starts slicing and dicing anyone who stumbles onto the family turf. At least you made good, clean cuts, he says proudly. 
Buddy's something of a hog himself. 360 pounds with a vocabulary limited in screeches and snorts. You lie down with pigs. Apparently you talk like a pig as well as smell like one. Can the World Wrestling Federation be far behind? Har, har, har. He's a good boy, Beam's dad, but he has his basic hygiene problem. So does this film. But then again, what do you expect from a movie called Slaughterhouse? A treat treatise what i don't know what that says of evils of automation it's not rick rosler who wrote the script and directed has a perfect setting and a decent premise but doesn't know what to do with either rosler can't decide if he wants to preserve irony of motel hell or the gore mongering of the texas chainsaw massacre so he ends there is up, no gore in texas chainsaw massacre so he ends up with a standard amount of everybody blood. thinks there is so he ends up with a standard amount of bloodletting and no point of view. In fact, the grossest parts of the movie are the opening scenes with the automated slaughterhouse as shown in action. 90 minutes of what would set you off hot dogs for sure. The plot revolves around the characteristic victims, a half dozen teenagers, who, two policemen, and assorted others who will, for the most part, end up on a sharp end of the meat hook. Caught in the wrong place at the wrong time, most of the action occurs in the slaughterhouse which is vast, spooky, and definitely not the kind of place anybody's going to seek out after this particular film. There are a few attempts at macabre, ambiance a la Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and a dozen other genre films, but Rosler usually opts for the cheap shot and the cheap thrill. Nowhere in this, nowhere is this more true than in the final freeze frame, spoiler alert, which suggests... We can expect Slaughterhouse 2. The only mystery will Kurt Vonnegut sue when they get the fourth sequel. Slaughterhouse is rated R and contains gruesome scenes of violence, but thank heavens, no nudity. Um, well, that was a, a less horrible review than I had thought, but I get where he's coming from. But at the same time, it's like, this movie isn't what you expect. This is what you get. And it's a really good film for what it is. Uh, this is from DVD Talk, uh, which the doctor is very fond of. I do like that website. Although they have some opinionated assholes. This is from Adam Tyner, and this is from 2001. It says, Slashers nowadays are kind of a bore for all the constant winking at the audience and innumerable references to gore fests of yesteryear. It's almost as if filmmakers are wearing a Kevlar condom going through all the motions without any kind of feeling. Still, the decade of excess churned out enough of the good stuff to mine for seemingly forever, and Slaughterhouse, the first release from Program Power's cult horror imprint Lucky 13, I guess that was the DVD release, is one of those easily overlooked gruesome little gems spiffed up and given new life on everyone's favorite mass-market digital home video format. That's all I need to read from that. But that that sounds actually pretty good. Yeah, um, those, guys don't, those guys don't usually trash stuff. Well, these guys are more fans. The other guys are look. I think the Washington Post review they were actually looking for gore, which is kind of flattering. Um, I think they were looking for a more gorier film, and they got what they got, and they were kind of disappointed. So that's kind of funny, honestly. Um, that's you guys were looking for gore in 1987, but didn't really get it. You're expecting Texas Chainsaw three at the time before it came out. So this isn't a Texas Chainsaw movie. This isn't a Motel Hell movie, and. For lack of a better word, those, both of those films were not gory films. No, uh, Motel Hell more so was a less gory film than Texas Chainsaw was. Motel Hell made Texas Chainsaw Massacre look gory because sure. they were not. They were vicious and demented 
and horrific. It implies stuff, but, but they never, were not right. like a gore. I love the movie. Everybody knows movie. the movie. It's nothing to do with that. Sure. It's just... They were not gore-soaked movies. They were both very tame for what gore is specified now. You know, um, they just they were not gory films. I mean, nothing else really to say about that. But yeah, if you could call a gore film a gore film, Texas was more of a gore film than Motel Hell, but none of them had any real gore in it. Not like this. This is the first scene, really, besides that that axe to the head. This movie's fun, and I, you know, I don't. It's good. The audit, the the the, you know, the lines in this movie are very quirky, and they're very good, you know. Jesus Christ, boy! They me- you, you kill them because they mess with your hogs. Shit! You know these are these are really good scenes. You know? They you open the meat locker and there's two bodies in there and the dad is scalding Buddy because he killed two of them because they were snooping around and you know at least you made good clean cuts. You know this movie's classic, man. The lines are cheesy, but they're amazing. You know it's very <coughs> effective to to what appeals to the nineteen eighty seven audience, you know, and, and what they expect at this point from the gore. And I, I think it's very effective, you know. So and and I think we did this obviously we did this on the uh Blood Rage review, but Do what now? Um on the on the Blood Rage Maddie Way episode, but to bring you up the speed on some of the horror movies that were out during this time. Oh, okay. You're doing the horror, the movies now. Which relates to the gore. I'm only going to do a few of them. Evil Dead 2, and of course this is 1987. Evil Dead 2, Dream Warriors, you know, Nightmare 3, uh, Prince of Darkness. <laughs> it sounded like you said Evil Dead 2, Dream Warriors. Yeah. Evil <laughs> Dead 2, Dream Warriors. They're fighting uh, ash in it. And this, hand. this mask, by the way, it's, it's so disgusting. It looks like he just... It looks like this chick gave him fucking gas station herpes. I don't know. Um, it's just a nasty mask. It looks really awesome. I would actually like to wear it. Um, Prince of Darkness, Creepshow 2, uh, The Gate, which we'll be reviewing. Do you know what that mask is right there? I didn't get to mention this when we did this initially. It looks like Tales <clears throat> from the Dark Side. That's what it looks like. But No, it's Cobra Khan from fucking He-Man. Is it? Yes. That's hysterical. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. I have that figure still. It's, it's really? part of the the when you they brought that the, mask so you can put on shades over it and mess with people in the gas station. Like, <laughs> yeah, it'd be weird. Um, and here's That's a your, Cobra Con mask. Here's your typical teenagers driving around in a fucking jeep with the top down in the countryside. You know the usual. Um, <laughs> That's for K-Fat. Yeah, <laughs> with a little K-Fat King Tut sticker. I want that on my car. That'd be awesome. Uh, so yeah, 1987, The Gate, uh, Blood Diner, uh, Bad Taste, which they need to put out on Blu-ray soon. Hopefully they invest in Blood Diner we need to do. Yeah. But uh, Bad Taste, I have the limited. <coughs> the limited DVD, it's only like, actually it's a lot. It's like 50,000 were put out, and I have one of those 50,000. Uh, Curse, Slumber Party Massacre 2, um... Enigma, which is now out on Blu-ray. It's Lucio Fulci for all you fucking Italian horror gore fiends out the there. The Summer Party Massacre 2 and 3 are housed together in a Screen Factory release that came out at the beginning of this year, too. Yeah. Those uh, are out. Jaws of Revenge, The Video <clears throat> Dead, which is a pair of Terror Vision. That's one of the first Screen Factory Blu-ray releases that's amazing. 
I love Terrorvision. It's a fucking turd, but it's awesome. I love it. See, I couldn't get into no. either one of Street those. Street Trash. Street Trash I have. Creepazoids, Howling 3, which is a turd. Uh, Dolls, which we've done on here, if you guys it's want to watch. It's a great movie. The uh, <clears throat> Defeated Sanity episode. It's called Doll Fiend Sanity for all you, you know, whatever. Uh, it was a fun it was a fun episode. So, uh, Zombie Death House as well is on here. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, which I shouldn't even mention, but it's just so fucking funny and laughable that you need to watch it. Uh, Stage Fright. So, yeah, those are... And, of course, I'm going to mention this million times over uh, because it's the Doctor's favorite is Monster Squad. So I love that movie. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that gives you any <coughs> idea of the gore level that people anticipate, which Monster Squad is not a gore movie by any means. It's like the Goonies for horror fans. Um, <laughs> exactly, that's exactly it what is. it is. It's like, hi, you like Ghostbusters or here's something darker. Um, or Hellraiser came out in 87, so there's a good one. If, if you're basing gore factor off of Evil Dead 2 and Hellraiser here's Slaughterhouse takes it up a notch so um, it's just a really fun film to watch it's it's not even something normally with horror films a lot of times you want to poke fun at it because they're so cheesy but this is actually just pretty visceral for what it is and it's, um, you know the the character of Buddy as a as a as a killer in the film <coughs> is, is actually awesome. He's just like a big nasty grunt that stinks. The Morbid Angel Suffocation it. Tour just this is they just posted this. I, I didn't know about this. The tickets are only fifteen bucks for those shows. Wow! And then it jumps up as it gets closer in. You can buy them in advance. It's called a TB ticket, a throwback ticket. So what is the? Uh, it's almost like what they did with the. Uh, they did a Slayer tour a few years back with Testament, <clears throat> I think, where they wanted the tickets to be the price that they were back in the day. I wanted to actually take a second and say I won't be attending this tour. Um, I am going to be working some stuff on this tour, but I'm not actually going to be attending it. Definitely go check out Morbid Angel with Steve Tucker. He was a guest of ours, and go definitely check them out. It's worth you know the money to see them, but... Uh, and come say hi to me if you catch the second leg of that tour. Uh, stop and say hi. He'll be but, the guy wearing the ski mask that's trying to kill you in the bathroom. Yeah. Hauling gear or something, whatever I'm going to be doing. But, but <laughs> Mayhem's touring right now. I'm about to go see them. And they're playing a whole album all the way through, which is amazing. And, you know, it's going to be cool. It's on. 40 minutes and 17 seconds, roughly, into this film. And uh, you'll see part of the, the scene from the promo that I had created on our YouTube page. So if you're wondering if you want to check this film out, and you currently aren't, but you're listening to this, if you check out our promo video, this is one of the best scenes in the film, is this right here, uh, that we spoiled for you in our promo video to promote this episode. So um, he's got his big-ass fucking cleaver in his hand and a gun in another. It's from, obviously, he's holding that guy's fucking hand with the gun still in it, which is amazing. And... Uh, the sheriff is just not even batting an eye in this scene when he's got no hand. He's just already over the pain, I guess. He's so over it that he's actually going to die from it, being severed from his body. So, um, pretty awesome. He's got a nice little bloody leak into that fucking drain. And then there goes the dropped hand with the gun still in it. It's awesome. So uh, one of the better scenes in a uh, horror movie. Um... Uh, you know, as far as horror movies go, 
is that scene right there. It's just a nice little directorial scene with the the blood spurting into the fucking drain and he just leaves the body there and he gets his dad and's like, "Look who I killed," you know. Cuz at this point, you know, the dad's about to go along with it, you know. You've gone hog wild. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Well, so what did we just go see? It was we we saw Bruheria and we saw the casualties open up for them. I mean, it's it's punk garbage. To each his own. If it's a if you like punk or you don't like punk, but it's like Bruheria is like a a fucking Mexican death metal band, borderline you know like grindcore, and you're gonna sit through you're gonna have a punk band open for them. It's like I know the casualties are an old punk band and everyone respects them a lot and and you know that's cool yeah, or they whatever. Suck. But for that kind of bill, like I don't want to see a punk band and then Bruheria. I want to see, you know, Carcass in Bruheria or Macabre in Bruheria or Napalm Death in Bruheria. You know, that all makes sense. But to, to pair them up with a punk band from the 80s, it's, you know, I just don't, I don't know. That just didn't sit well with me and their, their performance wasn't that good. And I feel like I'm wasting my money because it's like $25 to go watch one band, you know. And it's, they can have my money because I love Bruheria and they don't ever tour the U.S. and... You know, I'll buy merch from them. Let me let me read you this thing. meal. Let me read you a but, bit. But sometimes you just get shit paired up that just does not make any sense. And and us death metal fans are wasting our money on it. Well, now, hold on a minute. Well, that's why, like I said, I'm I'm not saying don't attend. I'm saying I, I would mean, be attending. I mean, me and you, let's make this clear. The Doctor and I are fans that will buy tour shirts and we will buy physical media from the band at the shows. Like, we always buy CDs. We always buy tour merch. And, and you know... We don't just come there and go to the show. We we always buy physical media from the band, so we're spending money both ways. So it's like the the travel to go because we usually travel out of town to go to shows because we we go back and forth to do our thing, and uh, it just sucks whenever it's just one band we're paying for, and uh, the rest of the bill is just stuff. You know, I mean, it might have been like that back in the day, but what the doctors told me because he's been around a lot longer than I have. That uh, most of the bills back in the day were were pretty awesome. I mean, they were they were they made sense. You know, it's like you had Biohazard, Sepultura, and like Typo Negative. That that bill somehow that makes sense. Or you know, um, Pantera and Morbid Angel makes total sense because it's, it's it, they're both at least like metal, like you know, like faster metal stuff. It's not just uh, you know. The stuff it is now, where it barely makes sense. It's like you got Aeon and then Dillinger Escape Plan. It's like that makes no sense to me. Well, I mean, my my whole thing with it is this, you know, and everybody can like different stuff, and you know, I I encourage yeah, anyone. That, Before we continue, this scene fucking rules too. You got the the fucking nasty nail ripping face right here. It's awesome. And, and more blood going to this drain, which, as the reviewer said, a lot of these kills take place in the slaughterhouse, so this right here is another drain kill where he's basically hung from the buddy, just, like, gouging the nails into his fucking skin flesh. That's awesome, so there's another nice kill for you guys. Luckily, no Mr. Skinless here tonight, so, uh, unfortunately, there's not going to be any boobs here for you. Um... There's a nice hot chick here in a 
you know, you know, some white shorts. She's got a little frisbee. She's about to take this dude's uh, dog out to the park here with this frisbee. But um, the Brahiria show is a good example because they were fantastic, but the rest of the stuff on that bill sucked. You know, we try to show love, or I know I specifically. I'm sure Corey agrees with me on this. I don't want to speak for him, but I I try to show love to people that that I respect in the music industry. Sure. Which is very few and far between, and uh, you know, I there's an unsuspecting fan of uh, Battlecross. He likes to show up in his dead sheriff uniform, blood all over it, and throw a fucking giant stone. Into look, the I mean, look, I get it. I get that you, you know, but I, I just don't see where you're. I mean, I, I get you know, honestly, on that bill, I guess it did bring people in because there were a lot of people there to see them. To see Superjoint? No, there were a lot of people there to see Battlecross, too. Really? There were a ton of people wearing that merch. That's because I look like a PBR logo. But, I mean, I get it. I get it. You know, I I guess I get that. But what I I, I do think is funny is some of this other stuff, like... I'll give you a good example of another uh, cesspool tour. Oh, nice. Is Summer Slaughter. Summer Slaughter is just a toy. That was a nice throat slit into a tomato slice scene. You get maybe two bands... And then the the rest of it's deathcore. Well, they call it the most extreme tour of the year, and it ends up being the the first two opening bands are extreme, and then the rest of them are like, white people, you know. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't. I mean, you know, like like here's you here's you a great bill, kids. Vader and Internal Bleeding. Yeah, that whole tour is awesome. I mean, that's a fucking tour. You know, I mean, there, there's there's no there's no. Oh yeah, yeah. Get here first. It's like. Man, damn fucking death poor man. I'm gonna go see. I'm gonna go see my girlfriend left me at Wendy's drive thru Did y'all see my girlfriend left me at Wendy's drive thru They were fucking <laughs> awesome. Man, I'm sorry, I don't get it, and I don't get it when I meet them. It's like they haven't bathed in like two weeks and they have a beard, and it's like, yeah, I'm into I wrestled a bear. It's like what? I wrestled. <laughs> what is that? You remember, buddy? He's a good boy, but he might have what you call a basic. Hygiene problem. I just I, I don't I don't get it that and and correct me if I'm wrong because I don't want to make fun of the wrong band was Acacia Strength or they the ones that has the bodies hanging while they're playing? No, I don't think so. Well, who is that? I don't remember. There's a band with bodies when they yeah play? they have all these bodies foul when they're playing. I don't know. And it's deathcore. Oh yeah, it's I'm pretty sure it's them. I have no idea. I've never seen it. They yeah, if they toured with Dying Fetus last year, then it's them. Uh, it's definitely not them because they have like little just straight up backdrops. They don't have like any crazy shit. God, who am I? Who am I confusing them with? Can you find out this for me? It's it's whoever toured with them last year. They did their little tour package together. Gen- wheelchair fucker lied to us and said he didn't go, and he got the backstage pass. Um, wheelchair fucker got the. But he was the one telling me how gay they were. Like he, he showed the it to me. Wheelchair fucker VIP was it twenty sixteen or yeah 2015? last year last year it was twenty sixteen. Yep, and and the band that they had these bodies and they had hanging from ceiling like they're going yichi. It's like <laughs> I, I didn't pay to see Kiss. You know I didn't pay to see fucking Guar tonight. Yeah, and if I did, I didn't plan on. I don't go get to see stuff. that crap. You know, the only semi-theatrical band I've seen in ten years that I enjoyed was Brahiria. Oh, yeah, they were awesome. And it wasn't even really so much as it was that as it was just other stuff they were making a political See, statement. See, Black Crown Initiate and Horrible. Uh, Jungle Rot. 
And nope. a caseous drain. That's that's who it is. It was a caseous Yes, drain? it was. They never did that when I saw Well, they did it because he's got video of it. It is the gayest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's also System House 33. I don't know who any of that is. It was that Metal Alliance tour they did. Yeah. Well, that's awful. Okay. But he had some bodies. He's got me. He's like, I'm going to fucking get you. <laughs> I'm just like... And they were touring with "I'm Gonna Fucking Get You," so yeah. it's, it's it was just hilarious. To no, me. they were touring with "Watch Your Fucking Back." Yeah, "Watch Your Fucking Back," and "I'm Gonna Fucking Get You." <laughs> you know, but, but look, it's a it's a good example. Uh, a year ago, a year ago, around this time, we saw "Decapitated" and had to sit through a bunch of shit. Yeah, it was like the haunted and garbage. Else. Look, the haunted was good, like fifteen years ago. Uh, for like try twenty record. years ago, yeah, for like one record, and then they just got like way too Swedish, like melodic on the, on everybody. They had like at the one, gates was on that bill, which was okay. At I didn't, the gates really, was I didn't awesome. really have a problem with that. It was it was it was the stuff in front of decapitated. It was the haunted and something else that played. Um, but decapitated was awesome. They had like fifteen minutes. Well, they're always awesome. fucking sacrilege that they only had fifteen minutes set. Compared to all these we also, the next night, we saw Cryptopsy blow obituary off the stage. Yeah, which was also awesome. Uh, Cryptopsy is amazing. Yeah, they uh, are. We Book love them. Tom's EP was all, is, is a really good release. Pick it up. We got it both at the show. Um, it's a great record. And they're supposed to be touring, I guess, with Decrepit Birth, you told me. so. Yep, Decrepit Birth and uh, Cryptopsy will be touring around the time they both... Have they announced those dates yet? At Maryland Death Fest. Yeah, it'll be mid... Mid to late they have May. announced dates. It'll be mid to late. Is there anything May, near us? Which which will be the show? Yeah, I think they're. They might be in Florida. Let me check the dates for it. Um, I know they'll be in Atlanta, which is usually a frequent uh, visit for us. We like going out there. So. Where are they playing there? Um, Variety Playhouse, maybe. Maybe the. Master what is up with that fucking? I don't know. I'm going to get into a rant about that. Anyway, you know, I just, I just wish, you know. I wish more bands would take an initiative to take good stuff with them on tour and not garbage. And and I want to thank Peter from Vader for taking Internal Bleeding out with him. It's fucking amazing. You know he had to have handpicked that. They're not label mates. I mean, goddamn, Internal Bleeding, I think, is on like Unique Leader. So he had to have handpicked that. And it's fucking awesome. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, here we are. Uh, it's the Devastation of the Nation tour. There's not... A full announcement yet, so we don't know when the tour is going to be. So there is no date. Not yet. But it's around the time. Is there any crap on the bill? Well. Is there any stuff that I'm going to think is crap that's on the bill? Yes. Let's go ahead and hear it, kids, because, God, am I, do I not do this every time when I open my mouth? Rivers of uh, Nile? I don't have anything against them. Okay. I don't know what they are, but those guys were... Uh, true story, uh, loaded them in at a venue down in Florida. They were super nice to me. Uh, I'm not saying I'm going to run out and buy their stuff, but they were very nice. And at least they're kind of a throwback to death metal. I'm not really sure what kind of music they are. but All right. Um, Zenith Passage. Never heard them. They're like tech death, I guess. Uh, Kennedy Vale, another tech death band. Never These are all them. bands that are interchanging depending on the dates you see the tour. They're like bands that are only on certain parts of the tour. Okay. Uh, Visceral Discord, which hopefully is a date we get because I fucking love that band. Uh, I like them. I love them. Don't bands. I? Yeah, they're goddamn nasty. Um, so yeah, it's Cryptopsy and Decrepit Birth. The tour goes from uh, 
May the 19th to June the 11th. It'll be centered around the time that they both appear together at Maryland Death Fest. So it'll be our Maybe they'll be in Vegas if we're in Vegas. Uh, from May 19th to June 11th, they'll be touring. No dates yet, but there's some interchanging bands around the times of the tour. Oh, we, I want to go to that. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, look, look, look. No, do I know what all that, but I don't hate any of that stuff. Right. At no, least no, they're no. all death. They're all. It is. It's now. not. It's. They're, it's they're, not. We're thrash, but people say we're death thrash. It's like there's no. It's just, right. There's death no. Thrash. You either pick one or footlong turd mixed in with the fucking. You pick death metal or thrash metal. They're both conflicting. What was the things. one you thought I wouldn't like on there? Uh, Zenith Passage. I've never heard them. They're kind of like the face. See, they're, they're, those are. I'm not going to worry about that. I just don't watch it. Yeah, but they're not. They're not terrible. Um... Now that they're not also stuck on the thousand bills, like you know, relocation. But now, if I'm not mistaken, Visceral Discourse, I own some of that no, stuff. Visceral Discourse is awesome. That's somebody I want to see. So hopefully, they're on the bill that we go to because Visceral Discourse is the shit. <coughs> that's some straight up brutal death metal. So that's some that's some tombstone death metal. I mean, that's our jam. That's the yeah. Tuna, you're actually a fucking behemoth. Nasty skank beast. Um, so yeah, visual discords. That's like definitely something I hope we see when they open. That's just nasty, gore soaked. I wanted to also say that we're we're gonna not, try to we're gonna try to go to Vegas to the 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 metal fest out there. And I'm offering uh, sexual favors from wheelchair fucker if you are male or female and you want your face fucked. For, he will do it. Wheelchair VIP. He will do it. He will fuck your face with his Danish Connecticut Connecticut dong. Canadian dung. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna spritz in your mouth, and then he'll be, and then he'll tell you he loves you because that's not what just he does. Spritz. He's gonna uh, <laughs> wax your mouth. He's gonna he's gonna he's, he's gonna, gonna give your he's, he's gonna, gonna protein your, your mouth. He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna give your handicapped mouth a car wash. Yeah. <laughs> And he's going to do the, you know, and he takes tips, so. But if you want, if you're interested in that. And the fatter the better. Don't worry about your size or anything. Yeah. Actually. You know, if you're plus size on a death course shirt, he'll fuck you. So, that's that's his thing. And uh, he'll also tell you he loves you. The doctor will fuck you. The doctor ain't fucking anybody. (laughs) The doctor will be jerking off in his hotel room. But anyway, that's how I roll. Um, But yeah. The, wheel, the wheelchair fucker actually will drive all the way to Vegas just to face fuck you. He, would, he, he will. He's going to be there. You can meet him. Just walk up and be like, I want to meet wheelchair fucker, and then he'll run away. And he'll be like, do you have a pass? And you'll be like, no. He'll no, do his duck-footed runoff. I love him to death. He'll be there. But We'll see if we can make that happen. We're working on that. I don't know. But You can go to LasVegasDeathFest.com and pre-order your wheelchair fucker meet and greet VIP <laughs> weekend pass. <laughs> Which is always fun. Right. I'm just going to unplug my uh, It's dying, and if someone's coming over, here. I have to have it. Okay, well. He's going to call when he gets here. Miss Gorecrest has a charger, so the only person that will unplug my charger just to use the charger my for myself. Plug it behind the bed. Convenience, folks. That's what it means. <laughs> Convenience means Nobody asked you. the charger in the other room isn't as good as the charger for my phone that's currently charging. I'm, I'm going to get an artist to actually make us a Wheelchair Fucker album cover, even if we don't make it, but that's the first record from... Uh, Talk to Jadrian, he'll do it. I want 
I'm telling you, and I, I, it'll just be called. We'll, we'll we'll come up with a good band name. Me and the doctor here, because we're gonna work on wheelchair some music. And, and wheelchair fucker is gonna be failed rehab. Gonna be the EP. If failed rehab will be a song on there. It'll be the title track. It'll be dedicated to. Band it'll be band. dedicated to Clearwater, Florida, and uh, we'll call it failed rehab. But uh, it's I mean. Yeah, the wheelchair fucker EP is going to be pretty goddamn brutal, and I want the artwork to be just over the top. Buddy's still killing people, kids, if you're watching uh, the movie. Um, these haircuts. This is what happens. It's very 80s. This is what happens when you don't get a wheelchair fucker meet and greet VIP weekend pass. You get met by Buddy. You get met by Buddy, and he will actually... With a six foot long like, cleaver, will fucking kill you to death. Like, no, don't kill me. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, it's so you don't kill me. I had a teacher in eighth grade, and she had bangs, like eighties bangs, and she would like flat iron them, so they would sit like this, and they would stay that way. That's weird. I had a. Uh, I would just teacher. stare at her the whole time. I had a technology teacher that would do that. To me too. He had like the crew cut with the fucking hair sticking out. I got my first. I mean, you can get. Got my first hickey, and I was in her class, and I was really embarrassed that it had happened anyway. This is supposed to be Halloween, and she's supposed to take out your coat. So I got my first hickey, and I was in like the middle to back area, and the lights were off. We were watching some projector bullshit. It was like a history class, and she calls me. A hysterectomy. And she's like Alexis, and I like looked up at her, you know. And she was like, if you don't cover that hickey, I'm sending you home in front of everybody. And I was just like, oh, no. It was like a dime size. It wasn't oh, even like that big of a deal. And I was oh. so embarrassed. And if I got sent home <laughs> for a hickey, my parents were going to put me up on my fucking toes. Tort so I, I, had, I, had to, I had to dig through my locker and thank fuck there was a Where scarf was in there or I would have been fucked. That'd been it. Because I was like well, a quarter. It was like, it was like about to be summer. It was a he man Still had a. I have to watch this again. Sorry, guys. Was that way back? We're going back. You went way back. Three. I just skipped. Don't don't skip a scene. Uh, don't skip a scene back to don't watch this. Skip a part. scheme. Don't skip a scheme. Skip the scheme. Um, that was way far back. This oh, axe wow. killed this fucking kid and this. Look at my strap shirt. Fucking He-Man mask is, is hysterical. I don't know why they're all in masks. There's like two kids that were masks that gets killed. It's, it's funny. It's like Halloween, but it's not. I don't know. I don't think it's Halloween, but he's got like a fucking looks like a fire poker. Or, I don't know. He's just that's a Cobra Khan mask. It's a Cobra Khan, not Cobra Kai. And he's walking around. He can't even. Obviously, the actor can't keep. By the way, you don't. Face. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can actually watch all of He Man on Netflix. It's fucking. This awesome. is an hour and ten minutes in, guys. So here we go. Boom! No more Cobra Khan masks. <laughs> He convulses and twitches. While, he shit kicked uh, him. Buddy makes his little grunt pig noises. That's just a brutal ass. Yeah, it's kill. awesome. You can still see the spurting coming out of the eyeball. Brutal kill. Love it. And then there's this bitch that's on laundry day, obviously. It's a she horrible. Wear pennies? No, it's a horrible. What makes it corduroy looking day? shirt? It's awful. Look at it. But you could, you know, you can always when you go when you go to shows. It's like there's something that always bothers me. I'll, I'll go to she something. She looks like me most of the time. Uh, <laughs> with with Corey or with with wheelchair fucker, we'll go. 
and there's always like some <laughs> there's always some there's always somebody there. It's just like it's like I don't know. It's like their mom dressed them before they came down, and it's just I don't they know. Just I, just, I actually want to walk up and adopt them and be like, "You look really fucking stupid. Let's go out here and fix your clothes." Like they just got a haircut. To no, go to the death metal show. Is that what you mean? No, it's just. I mean, it's, I'm being serious. Like it's I just, just got my it's, hair. Or it's like they're just confused. Wanna, it's like I want to look. We good saw for Nine Inch Nails the other night. Let's go to this death metal. Show. It's fucking stupid. It's like what are you doing? Let me fix you up here, bud, because you look. You're gonna get killed. It's weird that a lot of people are in town and they're like, "Let's go see the show at this venue," and not even know what it is. Yeah, like there was this yuppie girl that I helped get to the Brujeria show that was in a cab or an Uber driver was yeah, bringing her, I and I just remember saying it was the most random thing in the world. It's like what the, I don't know, whatever. We wanted, to, find, we wanted to go see Katy Perry, but she was sold out. Right, it was now sold out, so we're going to go see Brahariya. Now we're going to see Brahariya. It was just weird. It just didn't, I don't know. I don't the Grammy that. award winning. No, the Grammy. The Grammy nominated. The Grammy nominated Brahariya. On Capitol Records. It's like no. It would be like seeing Corey at a fish show. It just it doesn't work. It's weird. Fish show. Yeah. Like PH. Yeah. The hippie band, yeah. The, it would just be like really. Fish. No, like, it would be really. Like it would be really. The two of you at that would be. No, I would really go watch. Strange. I would go watch fish before I watch the band fish. I'd rather watch fish. Than oh yeah, of course. Like, no, I mean I'm full agreement with you, but but everybody likes that kind of stuff. But it's it's just it doesn't work, and you see that. Look at all the bodies. They just keep them like, My my brother works at the venue. He's gonna let me in. It's where I just need Buddy in the back of the venue just come kill people. I don't know. You go in the green room and it's just they're all hanging by meat hooks. Like, where did everyone go? Oh, there they are. Oh, and by the way, a little update because or the it's not really an update because you will never hear it. But I actually friend requested the actor that plays Buddy, and he rock starred me. So I thought that was really chicken shit. Considering you've done one film, you should be lucky anybody even knows who the fuck your fat ass is. But whatever, it's okay. I still love this movie. Thanks for ruining my childhood. Appreciate it, buddy. Literally, buddy. Thank you. You can catch uh, Buddy in his new movie, Unfriend or House. Yeah. Uh, ignore Un- House. Un- unfriended. Unfriended yeah. Slaughterhouse 2. Yeah. Slaughterfriended. Yeah. Unfriender House. Unfriender House. It's basically him in a slaughterhouse, and, you know, same thing happens, only there's. Uh. He sees all the doctor's friend requests. He's like, no, no, no. No, but I, I mean, just again, and to touch on this, you know, it's a few years ago, uh, Corey and I had went to uh, Summer Slaughter, and I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, why in God's name is Between the Buried and Me on the same bill with death metal bands? I don't understand that. It's because you need to watch 12 minutes, that's one song. You know, I don't understand that, and I guess I can't be the only one that doesn't understand that. Um, but whatever. I don't understand it either. It doesn't make any sense. Nothing. It's because people need to fall asleep and then have death metal wake them up? I don't know. Upstairs needs to. Well, no, it, it looked like a frat party that was watching them, too, which I thought was interesting. Well, it's too, like they drink O'Doul's, they don't even drink well, no, they were drinking their IPA crap. They're the, like, we're we're a vegan, gluten free, alcohol free frat fraternity. Oh, it wasn't that. These were like sleazy, like what white trash. Do, huh? So, what do you even do if you're a gluten free, alcohol free frat? Like, oh god, I don't. Alcohol's two thirds of it. But these, but it was just a, it was just a mess. Sexually assaulting that. women is like one third of it. Right. So. 
well, these were definitely some of those folks, but I didn't understand that. I, I thought that was really odd that they were there to see that band. I was like, okay, well, whatever. And then the Sarostitute, like the very next day, Sarastitute. was in was in a, a store I was in, and she's bragging about seeing that band. I was like, why are you talking to me? That was pretty much how I looked at them, but whatever. That's how I feel about most people that talk to me. No exactly. It's about I'm like, why are you? Exactly. Well, exactly. I mean, and I we have that in common because I, I don't understand that. Look at my inset ashes. Weird. They stayed in a circle. That's Perfect neat. circle. It's <laughs> kind of cool. But yeah. Or to see them in May. So who knows why people, uh, you know, or why promoters think putting those, mixing those bills together is smart, but. I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't think... Because to me, it's like you must be marketing it to a child because I'm not really sure anybody's that dumb that would buy into that. And the other thing of uh, that I think's dumb is when you start mixing genres together, people think that's clever to do that. It's like no. the only time that I think that that works is probably in on a European festival stage where there's so well, much back stuff. Back in the day, it made sense. There was so much but they didn't variety do it of stuff day. coming out. They didn't do it back in the day. They never threw a fucking grunge band with a death metal band on a tour. Right. Well, they do it now. Well, no, they did. Alice in Chains got thrown out with a bunch of bands like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about they were never opening for fucking Virgil <laughs> Corpse. No. That's what I'm saying. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's just, they didn't start blending that stuff. Okay. That, that's a newer thing to do that. What is a cannibal corpse? <laughs> what about that at work? Well, that's a... Uh, Cannibal corpse. Corey was complaining that nobody gives gifts him things that he likes, like family-wise and like my family. And I was like, well, it's because you like things that nobody knows what they are. Can you see my family being well, like, what? What is a cannibal corpse? <laughs> well, it's, it's what is people are like that, or I mean, myself included, are hard to shop for. You know, what is an obituary? I'll tell you what an obituary is, because most of the last person that asked me that, you'll find them in an obituary. That farts in an obituary, because it's dead now. That was disappointing. (laughs) May I sit where you're sitting? No, because I just sat down. Oh, shoot. And the dog is there. He smells worse than me. Too bad. He can sit on my lap. Too sad. Yeah, my new phone. your fucking remote. Okay. A little podcast. Ah! It's fine. That'd be about where we were. Okay. Um, but yeah, death metal kids are hard to shop for sometimes. Like, I'm actually on a kick where I really wanted to buy more cassettes because uh, I recently repaired my car and all it has in it is a cassette player. So, does a cassette player? I want to buy more cassette players. Does a cassette player uh, cassette work? Cassette tapes. Uh, no, it does not. But I'm gonna get it repaired, and I'm just gonna keep the cassette player. And I'm gonna start buying more cassettes. Oh, one cassette that I bought. <laughs> And I'm not going to open it. Is the Scream Bloody Gore cassette because you cannot buy those anymore. Um, they were on relapse and they're gone, just like everything else on there from that pre-order that was gone. Uh, you can't buy them anymore. So um, I want to keep. What the fuck is that shit? Can you? It's quiet enough. That's awful. Carry on. No, it's like right here. I can hear it. So. But I mean that you you know the. But. I, I don't know. The interchanging and mixing bills is something. I, I that it, it is. It's a newer fad, and I think it's a mistake. I would never do it. I would never allow that if we were doing something. There's no fucking way. Well, if we book stuff, we'd get it to the best of our abilities. Otherwise, it wouldn't happen. You know. No, but there's all. But there, but when if you're the headliner, you have say in the bill. Right. 
And I love how these bands try to act like they don't. It's like, yeah, you did. You had say in that bill. You know. Well, I had say in that pizza I ate. Never but I, I just think it's funny when people do that and they, and they act like they didn't have any say in it. It's like, well, you booked it, so. Yeah. You can be like, no, that's gay. Let's not do that. And they do it anyway, so. Um, I don't know. Whatever gets people to come out, if you think it's going to benefit you with the lineup you have, then by all means. <coughs> yes. Um... No, the scene there with the uh, rain is obviously a set, but, you know. It's nice. This movie wasn't a big budget. This looks like outside right now, (laughs) honestly. So, uh, there's a nice stab from Mr. Bacon there. That's a straight-up gutting knife. That's like a fish gutter. I used to have a knife like that. And uh, there goes Lester Bacon. He gets shot. There's actually a nice bit of blood right there on the wall. Uh, as he gets shot, more than more than usual for a blood, sh- you know, like a, a straight up gunshot wound. That's a nice bit of blood on the wall there. A little bit of excess, but I like it. And the the knife is pretty. That actually hurts my back to look at. Uh, you guys stick around. We've got Chris Barnes coming up, founder of Cannibal Corpse, <coughs> one of the founders, and uh, Six Feet Under. And they have a new album out called Torment that drops at the end of this month. I'm not going to say the date because I always fuck that up, but Corey can tell you again about 100 times so you can rewind it and listen to the beginning. Uh, February 24th, Metal Blade Records. Uh, there's a lot of stuff coming out February 24th. I was going to touch on this earlier. There's a ton of stuff dropping. You can get day. your pre-orders now on IndieMerch.com. Another thing you can get on IndieMerch.com that also comes out the same day as this episode, or the same, you know, February 24th, is uh, the new Armored Saint uh, Carpe Noctum, which is a live audio CD, which they're putting out. Uh, there's pre-orders and indie merch right now for that as well. And uh, John Bush is also on the show, so if you haven't checked out that episode, please go do so. Uh, it's a very awesome, and uh, we're very happy with it. <laughs> we had, so. Yeah, that interview was fun. It was great. Um, but no, Chris is uh, very insightful, and I think people, even if you were probably on the fence about maybe how you feel about him nowadays or whatever, you should listen to the interview. Was I thought it was, I, I didn't think we would even get to talk with him about cannibal stuff, and he talked about uh, Tyrant Sin and and cannibal and, and, and Leviathan, all kinds. Yeah, of stuff. he talked about very uh, insightful. If you guys, lots know. of stuff that he was involved with, and and you know, and the there were things there were things we that I wanted to ask him that we didn't get to. Right, there's, you can talk. Well, we thought, we thought him, we, you know? we thought we had thirty minutes and actually ran over. So I want to thank Chris personally for doing that for us. That was really cool. Yeah, we we really had a lot of fun from both ends. I know Chris had a good time, and uh, everyone's looking forward to this episode. So I'm glad to bring this to you guys. And uh, we really, as fans, really came out in that episode as being super fans. So it's nice to uh, talk to one of the greats about about the scene and about uh, horror movie, you know, about all that stuff. So it's very, very nice, nice talk with him. And uh, hopefully this 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 movie pairs up with it well enough. I think it does. It's it's very yeah. It's a good one. It's a good slasher. It's very visceral slasher. It's very underrated. I feel like a lot of this relates to a couple of years before they blew up. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you know. And this this direction's really good. And there's of course the uh, final cut of this film is the it goes to slash the woman driving, and then the 
the movie ends by uh, with the song from Thank you, Joe Barton, for rockstarring me on Facebook. <laughs> a band called Vantage Point that ends this film um, with this this nice little track. Tonight she comes when you need love. Which is the theme of my apartment complex. Tonight she comes and you need love. Because there's no parking. It's like everyone that parks here is like, I'm coming because she needs love. I'm going to take up all their parking spots. But yeah, it's a great movie. The The Vinegar Syndrome did a great job with this. There's a, lot, there's a shitload of extras on this. Uh, this disc comes out February 28th. There's also a sh- other shitload of stuff coming out February 28th. For my um, Vinegar Syndrome's got a lot of stuff coming out. This... This is one of the better releases I've seen from them. The print looks amazing. 2K Master. They ported over a lot of the other features from the other stuff. It looks great. Um, always nice to have um, a shit ton of other features on these Blu-rays. and They yeah, definitely packaged this to the nines as best they could. Um, so, and yeah. thank you for giving me a little piece of my childhood. Yeah, uh, I didn't even mention that. I'll talk a little bit about the, the Days of the Dead Festival. I think I touched on it briefly. Um, no, we did last time. You haven't talked about it. <laughs> if I had to to compare it to other horror festivals, uh, I go to Mad Monster. Mad Monster Party goes to North Carolina, which now they've reconvened to South Carolina this year for few reasons uh which i'll not disclose here but uh it it, it is it was like ku klux klan rally <laughs> it is it does make sense to why they moved and i understand and i actually am, am with that with the reason they moved but i'll not disclose it here for for personal reasons ku klux klan rally um <laughs> it's not ku klux klan but you know <laughs> i'm messing with you he, he really does <laughs> yeah glue close clan the glue close clan they're a hipster uh organization that dresses in death vests. And, and only they, eats PETA. Yeah, and they, they only eat PETA and they won't go to conventions. Um, but anyway, they, they're in South Carolina now. They also go to Arizona and Chicago and I think they're based out of L.A. So for any fans out there that are in any, any of those locations that know of any know of any Mad Monster locations uh, check them out at madmonster.com She's in, I'm kill um, if I can compare them the Days of the Dead Sorry. to Mad Monster I would recommend Mad Monster to the fullest because Mad Monster is way more organized and nicer uh, yeah, and the staff is 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 more um, attentive, and you kind of know more of who the staff is. Um, at Days of the Dead, we had an issue with not knowing who the staff was because they just kind of had the lanyards on. They don't really have any kind of like special three dress. Staff members the whole time, there was nobody that worked there. They were just kind of the staff was just kind of there with like lanyards on. You didn't know who to talk to. Um, with Mad Monster, everyone has. You know, staff shirts on. There, you can tell who's staff and who's not. And Joe Mo is always walking around. He looks, you know, spiffy in his suit. And I appreciate Joe. He's one of the organizers there. Um, always checking on people, making sure everyone's having a good time. You know, it's the little extra things that make everything go smoothly. And so, essentially, just to just to kind of Days of the Dead was very trashy. It kind of felt it sounded like an unorganized mess. Is it wasn't right? really was a mess. Fair? It was it just kind of. It was good. It was but cool, it was but it was an unorganized mess. Yeah. It was unorganized. Everything started 45 minutes to an hour later. See, that's scheduled. not. 
You got time. You got to do stuff. Yeah. Sure, because you can shop, if, and then the shop stuff closes. So, if we're yeah. if we're there for one day, it's like look. You, usually, usually me and Miss Gore. <laughs> well, either way, whatever you want to do, you're still had both of you had your time expired on you. So uh, usually, a Miss me and Miss Gore Christ are there for you know. You are Miss Gore. You are Mrs. Well, you, yeah, I'm not married. You, uh, we are married. You, you and no, uh, me. Alright. When we go no, to uh, conventions, we we're we're usually there for the whole weekend. For this event, we were only there for Saturday and Sunday morning. But it doesn't change the fact that it was unorganized. If you'd been there all weekend, it'd been it'd been still yeah, been but, unorganized. But for now. Saturday, like if you're only there for like you know. Well, Dude, what I'm saying though is, it would make more sense if, if I may to touch on something you both. What told I'm saying me. is maybe but if it was open till eleven. I know, but maybe one organized the stuff on Saturday maybe, would make more sense than on fucking maybe Friday. One organized day out of the three. Day. That's when most people come. Because those assholes that were selling stuff, I bet weren't at the party. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Maybe a couple of them, but I seriously doubt every vendor was there doing that. Maybe one organized day, I get it. But if we're there, yeah, like for one day, and that's the day you fuck up all day. Like I don't know. It just seemed kind of like a unorganized, and it was very not. It was very not uh, attentive, and it was kind of awry, and and the people that were organizing it were very. Uh, People that are organizing it, the way they went about things, it was just kind of trashy. I don't know how to explain it. Other, it was unorganized. It was a mess. Look, you can say that. Be like I am. Just be blunt. Be like it was an organized, unorganized mess. Me and you were vulgar. As I thought it was an unorganized mess. We went there. On here, we've talked about whacking off and smelling. I am vulgar. And guys, buttholes gaped. I'm vulgar. I get that. But I have to get Matthew because he said the gate is keeping his gay ass out of here, and he needs to come get him. By the way, can get the gate on Vestron release here in March and. It doesn't keep the gays out. It's totally okay. But, uh, our gate in the apartment the is keeping the gay out here. Uh, Miss Gorkrise's friend. But the way they went about it was trashy. We're very vulgar on this show. But the way they go about things is very trashy. They're just like, yeah, motherfucker, I should have fucked. It was a tractor pull. He do not get pussy, man. This guy just want pussy. Like, there's hosts up there at these shows. It was a tractor pull. At these events, and they're just like cursing, and they're like, Man, motherfucker, man. <laughs> if it was a tractor, pool. if you just saw the way it was ran, it was not. It was not cute. You know, that's all I can say about it. I don't care if you're vulgar and you're saying fuck, you're saying whatever. That obviously on the show we don't give. We don't. We don't care about that. It's just the way they went about the convention. It didn't seem official or organized. It's right. like me. Me and the doctor here could easily run a horror convention for a sure. whole weekend and have death metal artists or whatever, and we would and we be would. very appropriate. And we'd be very professional. And we'd be tasteful. We could be gross and vulgar all we want, but there's a tasteful way to present yourself that way. If, well, if that makes say sense, that I'm, you know? I mean, I'm whatever. I don't know. You're Chris t- Barnes, you're up. tasteful with your vulgarity. That's I try to. Well, thank you. And we're professional about it. There's a way to go about it instead of like, I want to fuck your cunt. As a host of a horror convention, you can also say just none of that. All right. For a tattoo thing, you know. Come on. So anyway, we got Chris Barnes on the show. Chris Barnes, well, I hope you guys baby. love it. I hope you guys enjoy. Death Metal Legend. I hope you guys enjoy Slaughterhouse. If you haven't, pick it up at Vestron Syndrome uh, Vinegar Syndrome, February twenty eighth on Blu Ray DVD combo. Definitely pick that shit up. It's going to go quick. And then we also have Torment by Six Feet Under, February twenty fourth on Metal Blade Records. Definitely go check that shit out. We got a. At least three tracks up on YouTube right now, so look up Six Feet Under, Metal Blade YouTube, Torment YouTube, whatever, yeah, and you'll find them on there. Yep. 
Chris Barnes, an amazing interview with us. We can't thank you enough, and uh, we hope you guys enjoy. And uh, from us and the doctor both here at Phantasm, stay fucking gory. Corey Gorkreist and Dr. Vincent West here with the mighty Chris Barnes of Six Feet Under. And how are you doing today? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're great. Um, I want to ask you real quick before we get into Six Feet Under. we got Torment coming out on February 24th of Metal Blade. We're really excited for that. Uh, but first, so I've never got a chance to ask you, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some things in Cannibal Corpse, if you don't care. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, really, I think, uh, to me personally, even Back to Life is one of the greatest uh, death metal albums of all time, if not the best, to really kind of set off everything for how death metal followed thereon. So, um, just a quick, uh, what is your your lyrical influences coming into that record? And Uh... Lyrical influences. Well, I was, it was pretty, I guess, uh, fairly new to writing lyrics at that point. Um, I'd written some with my previous band, Leviathan, and some with uh, Tyrant. Not Sin, too yeah. much. Yeah, not too much. But uh, so I think on that album, it's kind of hard for me to remember exactly where I gained my inspiration. It's always been pretty much the same. Just my own imagination and just listening to the music and kind of letting letting that take me into like a into a place where I can find the puzzle pieces for the right. for the song for what I'm doing. Um, but a lot of the stuff on that album I collaborated with lyrically with um, with Jack and Alex. Right. So so we kind of did a few songs together on that one and then. Um, you know, there was some song, like a song, the song "Bloody Chunks," that was based on a story that um, some friends of mine that were living in New York City told me about when they were living there, and uh, I just kind of imagined the whole scenario that they were trying to convey <laughs> to me, and uh, put it to put it to music. So that was. That was kind of new. That was a new idea for me that I, right. I tried out with that one. And, uh, uh, you know, like songs like Put Them to Death, I, I think I was in deep thought about the death penalty and stuff. Right. Though, yeah. though I was writing songs that had to do with violence and murder. So I <laughs> was at that point, I think I was going within myself trying to justify, you know, and think about those those things that I was writing about as, as well as 
um, maybe at that time there was a, a discussion on the death penalty that maybe it was filtering into my psyche and I was just like, well, I'm writing about all this murder. I need to <laughs> maybe think about this too. You know? So, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, that's what a lot of people are like, well, I like you were cannibal corpse because you didn't write about political stuff like America the Brutal or <laughs> you didn't write about religious <laughs> things like that plot. Well, I did. I wrote about, you know. Right political stuff like put them to death and then you know religious stuff like bomb the souls so. right i'll say we've used the the clip fuck you from put them to death on a lot on this podcast so <laughs> we appreciate that very much no that's definitely the doctor's favorite song as well right. yeah i mean to me you're i tell people all the time there's three people uh chris that i i consider don't get any respect or any credit, and to me, you define the genre, and that's uh, Will from Mortician and uh, and you, and you guys. To me, are the that's it. That's the blueprint for death metal. Okay, okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course, man. Will's, man. And, Will's and a great guy. I've known him for a long time. So, yeah, yeah, we've been trying to track him down. That's not somebody we've not had the pleasure of yet. But we we have you today, which uh, this is a huge honor. That's uh, amazing. But. Uh, Kind of just, if you want to touch just briefly on, uh, uh, if you don't care, we're huge fans of, of uh, your early work as well. So uh, if you don't mind touching just briefly on Butchered at Birth and, and uh, Tomb of the Mutilated. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean... Uh, I mean, lyrically, I just, I think you were just, I mean, you're the the blueprint for all of it. Your vocals, but the, the lyrics as well. Oh, thank you. I thought, you know, that's, that's always nice to hear. I, I put a lot of... Uh, a lot of thought energy into into the lyrics and i'm not sure how it happens but <laughs> it does it comes together pretty pretty cool so to me anyways there's some neat storylines and stuff that go through both of those albums especially right um yeah butchered at birth was uh it, i think that it, it was uh I, I remember writing the album of course i was i was writing it most of most of the time at night on, on headphones sitting in bed while my girlfriend slept next to me right. and I remember I wrote the whole album on these uh, had a bunch of flyers left over from some Cannibal Corp shows and they were red construction paper I, I printed <laughs> them on and I had a whole bunch left and I wrote the whole album on red paper with black ink and I was just it was kind of like <laughs> very uh, you know very surreal or something man. <laughs> blood-covered paper or something. But, That's crazy. Um, yeah, uh, I guess I did. I was doing a lot of reading at that time. I'm not. I'm serial killers as well as just horror and stuff and um, fictional horror. Uh, and I think that I just wanted to to portray that within the music even more solidly and and more seriously. Um, with more of a, a, a real horror t- feeling to to it, like it, and and kind of, I guess I just went into myself and kind of felt that music with the way it was being played and how we kind of switched up our sound a little bit on that album, right? A little more more concentrated so I felt like I had to match you know the depth of the guitar tone vocally and and lyrically too I think that that was all 
it's always been tied in to kind of paint a, a broad picture with what I do. It's like those two elements come together. It's like, you know, duality like anything else we do. Sure. So, um, yeah, so that album was, was very, uh, I just remember being very concentrated and knowing what I wanted to do. And that's why I didn't, and those guys were too with the music. And that's why I kind of took over doing all the lyrics myself. Although right. I, I loved the way Jack and, and Alex and Paul, Paul helped on, on Mangled, on, on uh, Eating Back to Life. So right. we all collapsed, you know, they all lended a hand on that. And, and I, I didn't mind working with, with Alex and Jack. Working with Paul was always kind of a battle because, <laughs> you know, we, we, were, we grew up together pretty much. And <laughs> it was always a competition, I think, on a certain level. Trying to outbrawl each other. and nah, Not yeah, but he, <laughs> he, he always had an affinity for writing, too. And right. I think he always wanted to write more. And at a certain point, I, I kind of was like, but I don't want to sing anyone else's <laughs> thoughts. You know, I want to, I right. want to sing my own thoughts. Sure. And stuff. And, um, so yeah, like with Butchered, it was yeah that was it was cool because I, I mean I thought I think it's a very complete album lyrically and musically and and production wise it's it's very solid. It's one. So I agree. I kind yeah. of envisioned the, the artwork when I received the artwork. Oh man, it's one of the greatest. I, I was I was blown away by Eaton because it was it was large and it was really a lot to it. And yeah, it was a very vibrant a, cover for what it is. You know, yeah, and uh, it was just so much too. I was, was <laughs> enthralled with it. But as soon as I opened up, because I got all the artwork first before like the label did or anything, Vince would send it to me, and I I'd awesome. Be, sitting there looking at it I'd open the package I opened the package for Butchered I was like yeah that's the, that's the best <laughs> I've ever seen in my life so I, I couldn't believe it so um, and Metal Blade I think I wasn't there when they got it but I think when they got it they all like kind of sat down real quick and was like <laughs> what, the hell, what the hell are we looking at here but, you know so it's it just that was just a you know, down to the photo session with the that Joe Jerome did um, right. with the red lighting and everything that I, I had him do on the back of the album, and you know, it just kind of all everything came together on that album, and that's what I remember most about that. And you know, Tomb the Mutilated, I think, um, continued in the same way. I mean, it, it's a little bit. Um, I want to say it's more uh, seems more lyrically scripted movie wise as far as storyline goes I'd say it's a lot more of a morbid record I think uh, Little Touches made it a lot more morbid than it is like uh, the Arthur Shawcross uh, sample in Addicted yeah, to Vaginal Skin yeah, is, is crazy yeah yeah I think the, with Butchered putting the two quotes on the uh, on the liner notes that was good too. Um, yeah, yeah, those were th- things that I really caught my attention about um, how, uh, and I don't, I didn't have those. I don't think I had those solid in my head like I was going to use that on in the liner notes for those two quotes. Uh, well, 
always writing the lyrics, but I know there are things that I, I had come across in my readings and stuff at that time. Um, and I thought that because I was writing about such real sickly things on <laughs> Earth and that those were good representations of how um, sick humanity could have could be through the years, through the centuries. And, right. Um, and then with the Shawcross uh, confession, I felt like, uh, you know, I was still reading a lot, obviously. And that tape was included with a, a book, and, you know. And uh, I felt like uh, that was just taking it to the next level instead of having quotes, you know, now you have the actual person's uh, voice. And then you've got the uh, the whole, the lyric lyrical content is a little bit more reality based <laughs> yeah. and, and onto the mutilated um, although it's still you know some there's still fantasy there too sure well, yeah uh, that's great and then in Necropedophile the most morbid track I think you guys still have created because uh, at the end of it there's like a you know children playing on a playground I always thought that was sick but it was it's awesome, you know. It's it's you feel guilty for liking it so much, but <laughs> I think yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was uh, <laughs> that was interesting. It was like I think it was springtime, uh, early summer, and I was living in this apartment, and uh, above it was like a duplex. I lived above upstairs, and uh, right. it was right next to a church, and, and it had like a elementary school. So every every I, I slept late at the time. Right. So I would get woken <laughs> up by these kids, man, making noise right outside my window every every single day. So, right. um, you know, I'd be up late writing lyrics. I was like, man, tomorrow morning I'm just gonna I'm gonna get this on tape. So I felt like that was my revenge to those children for waking me <laughs> up. I was gonna slaughter them That's in the song That's in so. the most horrifying <laughs> way possible. That oh, was, man. That was just, that's how I kind of do things. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, it's honest and it's great. That's what we love about you. You, I mean, you, you, you really set the bar on that record. I mean, I, the, the cover art, the, the songs, the, you know, everything about it. You guys, your appearance in Ace Ventura, just briefly, but I mean, just everything, Chris. I was, uh, a teenager at the time when that came out, and I remember seeing you guys on that tour, and it blew me away. Like every one of my annual photos, I would try to look like you. I would try to put my hair in my face, and <laughs> I mean, it was so. It's I mean, I just I just tell how much we love that record. It's just I just every bit of it. But it's you set the bar with it too. I think I think people you know still try to catch up to that record, and it it uh, it's a very high yeah, bar that yeah, that was set. I know what I you're think. saying. I I, I kind of I like I understand that, and I I, I think. Um, they forget about Butchered at Birth, too, because I think... Oh, yeah. Oh, God, it's a great... Look, everything you're on, all four records. On that one, yeah. And it's, I think for Butchered, to go from Eaton to Butchered, because Eaton was such a great record. Butchered, yeah. you guys seemed like you were you were veterans already. Like, yeah. you guys already had everything established, and the sound was already there. It's like you guys have been doing it for, you know, for a long time. Like, Eaton wasn't even your first album, you know. It's, it's hard to do that for a band, to really find your sound and hone it in on, you know... In, in a, on a sophomore release, and you guys nailed it. I mean, you guys set the bar then, you know. So, um. well, it was just a lot of a lot of hard work, and um, you know, we we would uh, rehearse, uh, geez, six 
seven days a week sometimes and we were in the rehearsal space in our room there for three and a half hours a day right you now for and we're talking for like four four years or something you know every pretty much while we're you know in the beginning it was like what you know 88 to uh you know 90 when eating back to life came out so right. it was like almost two years of non-stop rehearsal there not even hardly playing show we do local shows and some regional stuff but sure, yeah. you know it was our concentration was working in the rehearsal space and uh you know that's how we we became uh you know proficient at what we were trying to accomplish and and, and that just kept going on between i think we we a lot of those songs were early songs that were on the demo on Eaton and like you could tell as you get to like Buried in the Backyard was the last song we wrote <laughs> on that album right so it's kind of there that's where we started going we started to learn what we wanted to do a little bit more at the end there definitely because there was a big gap you know between the demo and writing the end of the writing for Eaton and then we went and did the record and Sure. So there, it's kind of kind of went, you know, real hard with concentration on what we wanted to do for Butchered, and then it just kept going for for Tomb. Even you know after we toured and stuff, it, it right. kind of we learned even more about what we could and what we wanted to do. Well, we can't tell you how much we appreciate those records. I mean, as death metal fans in general, and just. Uh just music in general, honestly, that's just... I mean, those things stand the test of time. I think Your classic logo for Cannibal, I think, is is still something that I'm proud that I have on a shirt, so... And on the CDs, the original releases yeah. that I have, um, you know, they got the classic... Classic Yeah, Cannibal. yeah, yeah. Those are always good, too, because they're, they're the original um, mastered versions of the album. That's the ones are, I have, yeah. are much superior to what they put out. Yeah, a, you know, a couple which, live tracks they put out, you know, with George and stuff, which is, you know, it's cool. But, you know, I'm more of a, I'm a collector guy. I like more of the the originals myself, and I like the logo better on the way it looks and everything on the original pressings for sure. Yeah, well, that's nothing to do with me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we know, <laughs> we know that. We just we, we really just. Just appreciate all your hard work and all that stuff. Like I said, I, I think you set the bar and you're the blueprint for it. I really do. I I just want to thank you because I it's it's something that I don't think you're given nearly enough credit for, and that's what that's why we wanted to take a moment before we get to to uh, uh, six feet under just to just to let everybody know oh, that. Thanks, guys. I, I mean, that. you're a god as far as I'm concerned, and Corey's concerned yeah. in, in death right. metal. So definitely, I know the. Um, Getting into Six Feet Under, I actually heard Six Feet Under before I heard Cannibal Corpse. It was within like a week, so I'm a, you know I'm a younger guy, but um, the first this is the first three metal records I ever heard. It was Haunted by Six Feet Under, uh, Arise by Sepultura, and uh, Chainsaw Dismemberment by Mortician. So I got a <laughs> I got a pretty good yeah I got a pretty good mix there to start with, and then. I got handed later on a, a mix CD of the first four Cannibal records, so it didn't take very long, and all the other stuff yeah, to follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good, uh, good schooling there. Yeah. So uh, haunted, I I absolutely loved. Uh, the second I heard it, I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's great. And uh, <laughs> one of the first times I had probably tried marijuana, I was very young, so that 
that probably didn't, you know, probably helped the, the mood of the album probably a little bit too. Absorb it. Sure, yeah. Sure. So uh, talk a little bit about Six Feet Under, your transition and what you wanted to uh, accomplish with Six Feet and how, you know, how that started and everything. Um, well, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, well, at the time I, I just, I wasn't really into where things were going, I guess I personally in, you know, in the band and Cannibal Corp. So I wanted to venture out and start something new. And, uh, I was, uh, thinking about it for a while and, I was in, uh, it was one night on the tour we did with Obituary and Agnostic Front and uh, oh, wow. Malevolent Creation in 92, in the summer of 92. I think we were in... It's a killer show. I think we were in, I'm pretty sure it was, it was in Phoenix, Phoenix or Albuquerque. Awesome. It was, I think it was Phoenix, but I was talking to Trevor from Obituary and... Uh, it's like, man, Trevor might be a cool dude to have in this band I'm thinking about. And he right. introduced me to Al. He introduced me to Alan West and uh, in the back of the bus on on the obituary bus. And it was it was an early show on the tour, so we hadn't all gotten to know each other that yet. Um, we were still living in Buffalo. We knew ob- obituary, uh, the you know Donald and and uh, it's pretty much Donald, I think, and Trevor. Um, from our time at Morris Sound early on, but the other guys right. we didn't know too much. I met Al for the first time that day, and man, me and Al kicked it off right away. And then he said something to me. He's like, "You know, I'm thinking about starting a band," and and I, and it just I was like, "Well, so am I, man. <laughs> let's let's do something together." Right. So, um, over like that next year and a half, we started. Uh, putting these songs together demoing out songs for uh for haunted right and uh uh the first three songs were still alive uh lycanthropy and human target i believe awesome and uh yeah i started writing those songs right the same day as i uh finished writing the lyrics for the bleeding Wow. So, uh, yeah, so that was kind of the transition there. It was kind of seamless and um, and interesting. And it pushed me, um, I, that's why I like the music, was it pushed me into a new uh, rhythm to, to write lyrics to and to, uh, I felt like, to say something that I, I wasn't going to be able to say within the rhythm structure of Cannibal Corpse and yeah definitely um, yeah personally I was not really too too thrilled to be around anymore and uh, I felt like you know the cool thing about Six Feet Under and that album and Haunted and those songs were um, something I liked about the Cannibal songs early on that we had those middle parts that were really chugging and yeah. really he- heavy you know and the, the pits would get really really crazy because the rhythm the pounding rhythm would just get them you know you yeah. feel like, like that pounding <laughs> um, so like you, like within that mid paced structure I felt like six feet under could always be like the opposite you know like instead right. of fast and then slow we could be 
maybe more mid-paced, slower type of rhythmic pounding, and then heavy, fast parts, breaking those parts up. And then, you know, that was kind of like, I was hearing some of that within those songs on Haunted. I was feeling like, you know, that could be my focus on right. my next my next kind of step. And then, and then that album came across you guys definitely know that it. way to me yeah and that when in working with six feet under through the years that is that's been my focus of always kind of uh driving towards that that goal to achieve those things then um in different ways and right and you know keeping it keeping it exciting well, you definitely know that with the first release, uh, Haunted's great. It has a really good pace to it. It's still very pissed off and heavy, too, for, you know, it's it's just a great start to a new beginning, you know. And uh, and we'll, well go thanks, to... guys. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, we did that tour in December where we did the whole album. That was a lot of fun, so... Yeah? Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. I wanted to, <clears throat> just because you have such a big catalog and... I know we probably burn a lot on some other stuff, but I wanted to just tell you as a fan, as a as a, a fan from the beginning of your work, Crypt of the Devil blew me the fuck away. Oh, all right. I love that, that record, sure. man. Yeah. I The lyrics on that record, and I just, you know, the first thing I hear off its open coffin orgy, I was like, well, I, I'm buying that. That's, <laughs> you know. Yeah, 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 man. I mean, it's, it's some pretty... Uh gloomy type of atmosphere gore I guess <laughs> and just it has that that macabre type of eeriness to it Lovely. um is that you in landfill wasn't it from uh, municipal waste yeah yeah Phil's a great guy man awesome writer and uh, has a um great understanding of of uh, death metal and, and everything and uh he came up with some some really cool songs man with some great ins and outs and he uh helped me collaborate you know helped me uh, like kind of do things a little different with like the uh you know ideas about vocal uh structure and different things like that which i hadn't tried before either so i was right kind of pushed into a different uh way of writing myself and some interesting things came about on that one by doing that I felt and uh, yeah it's a it's a pretty cool album for sure the artwork is is really great too Mike did a great job yeah I love the artwork for it definitely Uh, and when you first heard about uh, Cannabis Corpse what did you laugh really hard oh I thought it was the coolest thing ever I thought we missed (laughs) the boat that should have been our name I mean and then and then when I heard that that Randy Randy Blythe um he did some like dates with them and he told me he's like man he's like Chris I went, went out with those guys and I I, uh, I he's like I used your name but I changed it to Chris Bongs <laughs> and I was like oh, that's even worse I wish I would have had that stage name from day one right so, yeah it's perfect <laughs> so, you know I Randy's a great it, guy I too I right away I don't think I don't think the other I don't think everybody got it but you right. know I think everyone they've given their blessing to them but <laughs> yeah man it's it, I thought it was so cool and their artwork is awesome man I mean it's great great stuff you know so we went out with those guys back in 2013 and yeah we went and saw um, you guys in uh, Atlanta we went oh, okay. to okay yeah yeah that was a good one yeah 
Yeah, it's great um, show. I think that was the last one, maybe. Yeah, the last one on that tour. But, uh, yeah, that's where I kind of met uh, Phil and first we started talking about things for like right after that tour. I think we, he asked me to do that song on their last album, that Wisdom to Bank faked album. Right. Yeah. Awesome. And now uh, we'll talk about Torment a little bit. February 24th. Uh, it's coming up quick. It's it's already February now, so it's crazy. Um, talk to us a little bit about going into that record and from uh, you know your lyrical standpoint and all that for this record. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of uh, it's an important record to me. I, I feel you know um, it's it's a it's an intense record. There's uh. There's a lot to it, uh, musically and and lyrically and vocally and, and percussion-wise. So yeah, there's there's a lot to it, man. And uh, there's a lot to take in. I think when you listen to this one, you're kind of blown away by it the first time, and then you really listen to it. And uh, I've gotten some interesting reactions from it. So. I think it'll take people off guard and, and make people pleasantly happy to hear some of the things again that they've been wanting to hear right. um, from from my side. And you know, it's it's, it's really intense. Um, but l- lyrically, it's 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 not a calm album. <laughs> there's, there's nothing calm about the vocals or the lyric approach or the music. No cutesy stuff. No, you know. No, can't no, expect not really. that. <laughs> not really. Um, I think uh, it was pretty magical the way it came together. Jeff wrote some songs that just one after the other, and as I wrote them, they I, it was just it took me back to some interesting rhythm and timing um, phrasing that kind of let me open up into some areas I haven't gone in a while uh, but the lyrics are always pretty intense but I mean storylines are, are pretty focused and, and pretty savage on this one uh, overall I mean when you look at the album cover art you know you get an idea of, of duality and I think right. that that's something that's crept into my life without me knowing it or understanding it Looks like a Clive Barker um, thing or something. The album cover. Like I, a, I guess. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a Hellraiser cover. Uh, but so I mean, the, you know, it, it, it deals with duality and uh, the duality of our music, the existence, our being, um, life, death, uh, the singularity, the uh, idea of. Um, I guess there's just something that drives us individually, one way or the other, good or bad. Right. And, I agree uh, with that. Yeah, the idea of uh, inanimate beings and thoughts from other dimensions and such. It's deep shit. That's awesome. The yeah. artwork for it's really interesting. That's we unfortunately we've only got to hear one cut off the album, but. Uh, the artwork looks really interesting, Chris. You know, the saf- uh, sacrificial kill is up right now. A lyric video, and then you got a 
uh, Jeff did a guitar and bass uh, playthrough of uh, Exploratory Homicide, which sounds like a ripping track. It sounds awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The artwork is... Uh, well, yeah, what we did, I, I met this... Uh, met this guy uh, who's become a friend of mine now um, he's an artist from Indonesia his name is Septian uh, uh, De Venom wow. and he uh, is a uh, just an incredible artist a digital artist as well as uh, a sketch artist pet, pen and ink whatever you have you know. it's amazing really incredible and uh you know, fan of ours and, and my work and he presented me with some stuff that I was just blown away by and it was it was it was kind of outlining what, what I was thinking about and the cover especially um, because our music is can be like it is on Haunted and Warpath and it can also be like it is on Unborn and Undead and on this album Torment where it's more you know more rhythmic I mean less less rhythmic more intricate and, and right. fast and and, and and just uh, and so like you know the duality of our music is outlined within the artwork as well on the cover and the uh, I think we've also I've done a job on this one of, of trying to with with his, with his help and depicting the uh, the lyrical nature and, and the storyline and in some way artistically and visually with uh, uh, in the booklet for the lyrics uh, like I did with um, uh, Bringer of Blood. So there's there's artwork throughout the the, the booklet and the in the physical copy of the CD and the uh, the uh, album. Right, you know. Yeah, in the lyric video for Sacrificial Kill, I think they show off little kind of snippets of that. There's like a nurse with a bloody knife, and there's like a clown in there. Yeah, yeah, It looks yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see all right. that stuff. Yes, except did, did that for uh, you know those pieces. The, the clown one is for Slaughter as they slept. That's, that's what I'm looking forward uh, to. I like to... Uh, uh, look through album yeah. and, and see yeah, what's going to yeah. be my favorite song yeah. and that one sounds great so <laughs> yeah and, and i think the uh, one with the knife is for exploratory homicide and he did the the, the video the lyric video oh wow completely independently i mean he just did an awesome job on that i was blown away by his work all the way through this so he's he's definitely had a big hand in outlining a lot of what's going on within the album I love bringing that out with a great artist you know working oh, of with course. some of these awesome artists over the years like Vince Locke uh, you know all these guys Paul Booth um, you know Aronson all these dudes so um, you know uh, Sepkin is just one of these guys man it's just right. I've been lucky to work with and have be able to interpret the uh, lyrics and the mood of the album right that's why it's important for us, like us fans, like me and the doctor here, um, you know, to buy physical media still because we appreciate the artwork. That's half of what drove us into being fans in the first place. You know, you see covers like the first three Cannibal records or um, like Crypt of the Devil's artwork and, and Torment. Even it, it draws the interest there from us oh, being yeah, horror fans. Me and, too. You know, I mean, 
even though I bought cassettes back when I was, um, you know, just a, just a young metal critter, I guess. <laughs> I was just, just buying cassettes, but still the, the artwork and stuff was the coolest thing, man. I mean, album covers were, like, you know, to, like you mentioned, all those covers, you know, all the Iron Maiden covers to me were, you know, the, the shit. And, and like, uh, you know, Don't Break the Oath by... By Merciful Fate, so like oh, yeah. you know, all these all every album cover. It was cool to be in in just kind of listen to the album and fall into the artwork and the lyrics, and you had it all right there, and you could understand it all that way, and know where the artist that you appreciate is coming from, and maybe you grasp things a little bit better than just like some fleeting. Um, flash past you you know that right. oh yeah which is you know um easy to dismiss that way but sure if you don't try to learn about something you know anyways uh yeah so like i think that's where the idea of having vince um do the cannibal stuff early on and they've continued that obviously but um right. you know was was uh, you know iron maiden with Derek riggs you know and how he represented oh, yeah their story you know so that was when i found vince um you know i was like man i gotta get this guy to represent us like maiden has you know right (laughs) you know and if you know after butchered at birth it was pretty much oh yeah like he's had a job forever now (laughs) hey he's very talented you know it's it's great for him and for us fans to see his work because i wasn't too familiar you know a lot of people wouldn't ever be familiar with Vincent Locke with his comic stuff. Then, if you are a Cannibal fan, you're like, "Oh shit!" You know, this is incredible. So, I think yeah, bringing out yeah, these artists yeah, are part yeah, of it because it's yeah. bringing out you as an artist, but it's also bringing out these other guys that are helping you out too, and you know, express how the album is and the vibe of it. And I think that's very essential to the music itself. Is the it is man? You got to match it up, and and it's it's. I think it's um, well, people aren't aren't buying physical as much as they did i think it's still it's still it's hanging on man i hope it does for a while you know it's important that it does for everybody yeah the the digital to me is so impersonal like i still buy cds and vinyl especially in death metal you know it just yeah i just don't i I realize digital is convenient and easy and all this stuff and and i'm not knocking it from a sales standpoint but but as a fan it's it's just it's just impersonal to me it's like uh i don't know yeah i can see where that is i mean i think digital is pretty cold all the way through um you know every aspect of it from it takes away a lot of the excitement you know you you go to release date and you like you you're excited to pick up a new record and you go to your record store and buy it and you get to look at the artwork you get to read the lyrics before you even hear the songs and you know, you got well, a very that's... interesting experience, man. Yeah, it, it feels really good. It's it like all, Christmas. It yeah. made you appreciate certain things about, I don't know, man, about yourself even because yeah, you know, you didn't you didn't have too much information about things. You just would go to a you didn't have the internet and you barely yeah. had magazines when I was in it. You know, going to record stores, you just you took a chance. You know, you had you had maybe thirty dollars in your pocket, and that was probably half of your page checkers, yeah. you know 
as much as you could beg your mother for, for <laughs> albums or something, you know. So you had to choose carefully, and and sometimes you had one of the albums you didn't like as much as the other two. You I, know? Was a, I was a CD but, trader growing but, up, so but, I just traded CDs for stuff. I was like, that looks cool. I'll trade you for this one that I don't yeah, like. Yeah, or, you know? or like myself, I would hang on to it. But one thing I never would do is I would never write a letter to that band and telling them how much they suck compared to... <laughs> yeah, the I just... The... Okay, I'm very proud of that, yeah. doing that, you know? And because uh, another reason is I may have had one of those albums I didn't like at that moment in time that I thought was, oh, this isn't as good as that, as this band. Right. But you know what? I, I probably listened to it 15 years down the line, and you know what? I think it holds up better than the other bands that I like. I'm not sure. going to name who those bands are, but there's always lessons to be learned about things. And, oh, yeah. you know, you know uh, it makes you appreciate what you do, how you spend your money, what you, you know. Just, you know, having your own freedom to learn other than being pigeonholed by everything in your life, even things that make you happy, you can't discover on your own now. Right. You know, I mean... You do, but you're discovering it through other people's brains. Yeah. And and in my the way of doing things, there are no shortcuts in anything in life. You take a shortcut, you're taking a shortcut from learning and the experience. If Cannibal Corpse would have taken shortcuts and not gone to rehearsal three hours a day, five, six, seven days a week for those th- three years, we would have never been able to do what we did absolutely so you know if you're going to dedicate yourself and if you love what you're doing you're going to speak out um about it and you're going to um, promote yourself and the best way you can and that's by doing the hard work amen brother that's awesome i mean it's i think you know like it, it amazes me how many like not Corey, but like my friends will make fun. Like I went out Friday and bought the new Creator. And my friends like, why didn't you just you know get it? It's like because I want it. I I want it in my hand. <laughs> yeah, man, you, you, you went out and did the hard work, and you experienced <laughs> something, man. You took a ride. You know, you got to the store. Yeah, that was always a cool experience. You know? I'm still rocking right. the CD player in the car. I listen to it on the way home. It's like, <laughs> it, you know, it's I do too. Yeah. I do too, man. I've got my CDs in my. My glove box, and you know, I think I got rush, rush in there right now. So. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, man, yeah, we want to. Anyways, you know, uh, anyhow, yeah, that's the way things are now, and thing, you know, pe- things change. People have a different way of appreciating things in their reality. And, um, I'm not saying things should be the way they were. Or people should do things one way and not another I don't care I just know <laughs> how I feel about it and there was a, sh- a certain passion and a certain um, just a community about things that wasn't as negative as it can be and it usually is as it is now right uh, so I agree with yeah. that 110% oh yeah we both that's a very insightful actually um, are you planning uh, some touring for the new record yeah, yeah, yeah. We're putting that all together now. Um, people will be happy to know we're going to be doing some touring in the U.S. and awesome. and uh, and Canada. I'm hoping, you know, if we if we can get through the borders, I, right? Yeah, it's kind of crazy right now for everybody. Know. I do speak 
out against uh, fascism and and the Nazi state that we're now living in. But of course, um, I'm, I'm Jewish I'm, too, I'm, so that's kind of. I'm, I'm hoping I'm still <laughs> able to cross the border and come back in uh, legally. I don't right. know. I'm not sure the way things are going. It's only yes. ten days into this thing. You, no, it's. You know, we might all be restricted from traveling <laughs> freely. The way things are worded. Um, yeah, you so, know, people don't really you know, think I, about that too. Need with, to, you know. People need to not not uh, worry about what other people are saying, and if they uh, agree, they should just listen once in a while and, sure. and pay attention to what's happening because there's where it all is. Use your own brains and think about things, you know, because pretty soon you might not have a chance to do and You might not have a chance to do anything now about it. But you might you have a voice. Well, bigger so people it, are, you know, you know, because there's nothing good that's happening right now <laughs> no. in this country. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. But more people that are more have more of a voice, like a lot of uh, you know celebrity stuff like that. They're actually coming out of their shells and stepping up and taking a stand on it. So maybe that'll help other people. I I enjoy seeing the massive protests and stuff like that, and all the stuff that's going on. Um, should have been done a long time ago, but. Um, it's nice to see that people are like, "Oh, we fucked up," or you know. So hopefully, um, I don't know. Yeah, people yeah, need to be united know, more than they ever have at this point. And I think during the election, we got so divided, and the division of this country is so apparent. I've lost so many friends I thought I knew, and they all turned out to be like racist and like crazy. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what happened yeah, with that. Yeah. He really invoked a lot of uh, negative energy from people and influence so i don't know where all that's coming from but at this point now know. that it's over with at, we at need this to point, you know you, you know. can't pick sides look at you yeah. you're not a liberal you're not a conservative you're a logical thinking human yeah okay? and that's it we and all that's have it. brains in our heads yeah we're not separated by color by party lines that is what they want you to be separated by. Exactly. So you don't pay attention to the ones taking away your freedom, man. And it sounds stupid, and it sounds like, Jesus, we've heard this all before, <laughs> and stop preaching to us about politics. But no, man, it's it's not No, this is serious. This thing. You know, this involves all of us at this point with the way that all this has gone down, you know, the last few months. Um it's very important that we listen to each other now, and we I think actually so, unify as as a as a nation and as human beings. That you know, this isn't a joke anymore. This isn't like oh, you're some conspiracy theorist or whatever. This is uh, not a matter of who's right or wrong or what side you are. We all need to just be one thing at this point. And if we don't, then we're going to fall apart a lot faster. Than, and if we know. if we don't, we're going to be forced into it. Yeah, you know, we're going to be eventually forced into it. We're already kind of edged in there now. I mean, it's just like here's what's going on, you know. But luckily, a lot of the states are fighting off the immigration bans and they're suing That's it. That's and all that it, stuff, man. you know. I'm so. lucky. I'm, I'm I live in a state like that that is a, uh, a free thinking state, and they, they um, you know, we're at least able to 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 kind of debate things in in a rational way and and look at the view of our world in a whole and our direct environment and know that no that's not right and we're not going to do that we're not going to we're not going to let that happen again right you know so so that's something i hope that that'll continue like you say man that people sure. stand up and 
other and state governors and mayors and everyone like that. that are, oh yeah, you know. And this is an important time for music. I mean, for um, positive influence and you know, um, a band like Six Feet Under to drop a record in 2017 is pretty pretty exciting. Honestly, um, I always look forward to your your political aspects and you know. Um, you're a very insightful well, is, guy. There's no so. political stuff on this album, so oh, okay. I will tell you guys that. This is pure <laughs> horror, gore, violence, you know, however you want to look at it, metaphorically. Well, that's what we love. That's what we love. So. Up in your face we can a use movie. a little bit of gore and it's, violence, too, as an imaginational standpoint. Not a... it's, as, it's as heavy <laughs> as you want it to be, man, and, and, <laughs> and, you know, it'll take you away from all your daily nonsense or put you in a state of anger to the point of <laughs> listen man i have to focus my rage you know right. and let's get to a fucking show or something well, that's what metal's here for you know is to uh, channel your evil into a positive state you know that's it man that's it you got it you got it so i hope this album helps people uh experience whatever they they need to to uh to to break away and uh and have a good time Definitely. We are definitely looking forward to it. Hopefully we'll see you out on tour. Uh, we can't thank you enough for doing this. This is, for myself, I know for Corey as well, this is a huge honor to, to be able to speak with you today. This yeah, is, definitely, man. No, guys, thank you for some good questions, and it was a nice talk for sure, and I appreciate it. appreciate uh, uh, you guys asking me all that. So. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Hey, this is Chris Barnes from Six Feet Under. You are listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Rip out your ears. Huge honor. Cannot wait to pick up the new record and hopefully see you out on tour. This was so insightful and amazing. We, it's such an honor. <laughs> okay, guys. Thanks, man. You guys are awesome. Thank you no so problem, much. No man. And uh, hopefully we'll see you around and uh, we'll keep in touch. Excellent. Excellent. We'll see you out there. Okay, thank right, you. Man. from Phantasm. Walk through this door and enter a nightmare of supernatural horror. Seven doors of death. Evil's fatal omen. Who else is here? There's nobody here. I can feel a presence. Somebody else is in here. Seven Doors of Death. Kim Hankel, author of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, calls it terrifying, unique, surreal, one of the best horror films I've ever seen. Mommy, Arthur? On a gloomy, rain-swept night, a ferocious battle is being fought between two girls and a vicious, deranged fiend on a murderous rampage. Paralyzed with fear and on the verge of hysteria, they try to escape its chillingly merciless savagery. 
they know it's there behind these doors, the seven doors of death. These doors conceal a hideous poltergeist waiting to unleash its sinister revenge. Now look, Emily. I've lived in New York all my life. And if there's one thing I've learned not to believe in, it's ghosts. Seven doors of death. Your blood will run cold as the icy fingers of death tighten their stranglehold. I must be going crazy. Good boy. Good boy, Dickie. You made them go away. films I've ever seen. Kim Henkel, author of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, filled with unrelenting excitement, a truly original haunted house thriller. Tobe Hooper, director of Poltergeist, Seven Doors of Death, it will scare the hell out of you. Rated R. They broke into the mall for the wildest all-night party of their lives. A dead meat. But you're never alone in the chopping mall. What's that? Robot blood. Chopping mall. Where shopping costs you an arm and a leg.
Orion Pictures presents Wolfen. For centuries, they have been hiding in the rubble of your cities. The concealed threat. The invisible terror. Chris! They can sense the rhythm of your blood. Hear clouds pass overhead. See where you are blind. A force so deadly, it will tear the screen from your throat. Wherever you are, they are. Somewhere in the world, every other day, a corporate executive is assassinated. Team her up with Wilson. Murphy or Mahoney, I'm comfortable with. You're uncomfortable? With surprises. There's not a trace, not a speck of metal. Nothing softer could have ripped and ravaged like this. Is it an animal? Well, it ain't human. Do you realize how many people disappeared without a trace? Something out there might be eating people. Separate. By what? The carnivore. You got yourself some kind of meat eater. Meat eater. Meat eater. Meat eater. Meat eater. Meat eater. What is it? It's wolfing. They're only animals. They might be gods. In their eyes, you are the savage. say he just reeks. But he's a good boy. But he has what you might call basic hygiene problems. Sometimes Buddy likes to mess around. Slaughterhouse. And sometimes kids play in Buddy's slaughterhouse. And they make fun of Buddy. But Buddy likes to play with his friends. Let me go, fat boy! Don't scare the poor thing, boy. Take off that damn mask. That's better. But don't mess with his hogs. Three hundred sixty pounds of evermania. 